what's up everyone hope you're all doing good good afternoon and good evening maybe for some of you i'm the kasveka welcome to the third episode of kaiser talks it's kaiser's podcast about all things esport gaming pop culture you know it by now it's the third episode Today, I have a very special guest. Um, I've got a FIFA coach and analyst uh, in the studio, in the virtual studio. Um, I've really had to do a lot of research for this one because maybe some of you are too, but I am a total noob in soccer and soccer video games and all things related. So without further, further ado, I just want to welcome my guest, Mr. Dory. What's up? How are you doing? Hold on a second. I cannot hear you. I gotta unmute you. That will be smarter from my part. Let's go. Let's start again. <laughs> Second try. Second. Uh, I was just thanking you for the lovely introduction. Uh, now you ruined it by putting me on mute, but it's okay. <laughs> uh, no, it's 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 a pleasure and an honor to be on here. Well, it's a pleasure to have you because um, I, I've actually let's get right into it. I've I've looked a little bit about uh, up about you, and I think we talked a little bit through other people's chats as well uh, on Twitch, <laughs> which was which was pretty funny. Um, and you have a very interesting career. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself, like a short introduction? Um, I always ask people to kind of present themselves how they would do on a resume, like what's your age, what's your name, what's your profession, like the classic stuff. The classic stuff. All right, I'll, I'll keep it short. So my name is Hakim Al-Kaduri. Um, parents are originated from Morocco. They came here when they were pretty young, six or seven years old. Uh, I was born in Kortrijk in Belgium. All right. Uh, and ever since then, I lived uh, around the neighborhood. It was not Kortrijk, it was a Bethlehem, which is pretty close. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, I was always a football fan um, as a student. Studied uh, just a normal thing. Went to... Uh, um, in... How you call it in high school? Um, I did economics, like the guy who didn't know what to do, so he's just gonna pick something which was economics. Absolute classic. Uh, I've done I've done that too. I've I've abandoned it, but I've it was one of the things I went through too as well. Exactly. Like we all know, when you don't know what to do, just go for economics because exactly. it's economics. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, after that, I started at uh, college in college at college in yep. college college yeah. Uh, in Kortrijk 2, Vives Hoso. Um, and I didn't know what to do. So I, I remember the day that I was going to start my f- the first day. Like it was the Friday and Monday was our first uh, class. And on Friday, I went there to just choose what I was going to do. Right. And they said like, what are you going to choose? And I had no idea. I was still sitting there. What do you guys offer? <laughs> like, like I'm one of those guys who, for, for me, school was not the most important thing in that matter that... You learn, you learn stuff, but in the end, it's all about uh, what you learn on the job. So I picked uh, applied computer science, finished that degree in three years, and now I'm doing a short track version of um, another bachelor in marketing communication. Wow. Okay. So yeah, I'm 23 years old, to give you the age, um, 97 boy. <laughs> and um, well, as a work, and that's a, that's a bit more complicated. I started out just as a, somebody that was watching esports and FIFA in general, playing it because I loved football. Um, and then step by step, I got more involved into the esports scene. People saw that I had like kind of an analytical brain, I think. Uh, that's also why uh, I think 
I chose to do computer science. I think it's 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 pretty similar in the end. It's all about data and it's all about learning patterns. Um, and I think that was a good crossover. And people acknowledged that and they saw that. So they asked me more and more questions to the point that they were asking, like, don't you want to come with me to an event to be my coach? And I was like, uh, okay, why not? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> free, a free trip to Paris. <laughs> <laughs> why, why not? Um, yeah. I'll take so, it. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. From there on, it just kept growing. Uh, more and more people started asking, um, and I got into a, a bit more jobs with the, with some Belgium like bigger brands, which I see here: Epic League by Proximus. Uh, Proximus was one of those lovely uh, companies that gave me a chance to, uh, yeah, just open open up my my routes into esports. And uh, there we are right now. Keep growing. We keep having different sponsors. We keep having different like. Um, companies that are asking help in esports so that's yeah. really cool uh we got some people in chat by the way saying hi we got swen stiffmeister uh senpai nazar kebab uh who the hell do we have xr uh, xrxn i don't know how to pronounce that but hello Botterich is there as well we got minimax nl chip and hey what's up all Hope you are all doing good. Um, so yeah, so we know we know um, it's rents. Okay, thank you. <laughs> that's easier. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> that's that's a bit easier. Uh, um, welcome to all of you, uh, and uh, thank you for joining in. Um, to loosen up, now that we kind of kind of know who you are, to loosen up, we're gonna do some dilemmas, and I've got a beautiful little stinger for that, so I'm gonna, just gonna show that. Okay, one, two, three. There it goes. Wow, 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 so beautiful. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so to loosen up, we'll start to do like a little, you know, dilemma, quick fire round. For the people that saw the first episode, you kind of know where I'm going with this. Um, last episode, we didn't really do it because we felt like we needed to do something uh, more serious, uh, very analytical, and we kind of, you know, organically went into that talk straight away uh but with you i feel like uh we we had a, a deeper meme connection uh, before the stream <laughs> even so we we, we kind of get that um are you are you ready for it the first the first few questions are really normal and then it descends into absolute madness love that <laughs> <laughs> all right let's let's do a small quick fire round uh belgian or british soccer belgian all right cricket or tennis cricket Andrea Bocelli or ACDC? Andrea Bocelli. You you gave me that one. You uh, we yeah. talked a little <laughs> bit before the stream, so I, I was like, okay, that's pretty interesting. That's very how that's very far apart. Is that your your maybe your parents or who influenced you to listen to to that kind of music? It's just in general. I I always like my dad as an electrician. Mm -hmm. um, so whenever I went with him to work, he just puts on the radio, whether that's um, Joe FM, whether that's Eminem, whether that's like. It was just so many different like radio stations, and um, in the end, listening to those music, li listening to those like tunes, and then right now having the full experience of Spotify and of YouTube, of course, with all possibilities to listen to music. Um, at that point, like right now, I was just listening to those again, and you remember certain things, and you start to appreciate the the music for the lyrics or just for the the, the rhythm that is in it, in there. That's right. So yeah, there's no real explanation for it. Really. No, that's right. <laughs> it's it's a good because it's a good um, it's a good thing to have such a wide um, uh, interest in 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 music because I think it kind of reflects your wide interest in in um, being analytical as well. Uh, you have 
you actually just had a very analytical approach to music, <laughs> which was a, a very good response to, to that question. They're asking some questions in chat. I will I will uh, go to them. Uh, there's one uh, very interesting one. Uh, I think I need to dig into uh, that Nazar Kebab uh, asked. <laughs> um, you told me you like good food. Um, I know it's Ramadan right now, so I don't want to tease you too much with food, but... No worries. Would you choose either McDonald's with, with friends or a good restaurant with your significant daughter? Um, a good restaurant. I'm not a big McDonald's fan. All right. Uh, but then my next question is actually... <laughs> It, it plays into, into that McDonald's or Quick <laughs> was my next qu question. Quick, quick, yeah. Quick. All yeah. right. Um, are you not a big fast food fa fan or just? Oh no, I am. I am definitely. <laughs> uh... <laughs> you just don't like McDonald's. Non McDonald's. Uh, it's just I don't like the fries. Uh, as I'm a Muslim, I don't eat meat. Yes. Nor do I eat chicken. So there's only fish option or like a veggie option. And I have to say. Um, in the area where I live, that's very limited. You have to be happy with one fish burger and one veggie burger. So, yeah, exactly. I'd rather than spend my money on a, a place where they make like homemade burgers because then they make like variety of fish and a variety of veggie burgers. That's right. Um, and I feel like I've eaten. Whilst if you go to McDonald's after two burgers and some fries, I'll be like, hmm. Yeah, that's. 10 minutes later, I'm, I'm hungry again. I might eat something again. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to those uh, homemade burger places after you went to McDonald's. Like, it's. That's, that's completely right. Um, what's your favorite food? What would you say your favorite food is? Um, yeah, that's a hard one. Um, I'm just a big fan of like having a chicken breast with um, a good. How do you say it? Um, cream sauce with um, yeah, champignon. Yeah, mushroom, mushroom, mushrooms, sauce? mushrooms. Yeah, yeah, mushroom cream it. sauce. Yeah, that's mushroom really good. Mushroom cream sauce with a little bit of pepper in there. Oh yeah. So it's like it, it has to be well spiced because if it's if it's weak, I'm not a big fan. With some French fries and some salad, or or something more usual as a pasta with uh, with shrimps and, and vegetables and cream too i'm a big cream fan <laughs> sounds good yeah yeah you're <laughs> as long as there's, there's cream in there keep it just keep keep the cream coming <laughs> you're good uh i i agree i i find that a good mushroom or cream sauce needs a like a good amount of pepper it needs to be peppery um what's what's your favorite music would you say like if what are you listening to right now on Spotify. Right. Well, not right, right now, but yeah, no, I understand what you mean. Uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, that's 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 so broad. Um, again, it's it's so broad. I can have like the script or the the, the fray or like a Coldplay music, and then right after that, I could listen to Eminem or like MGK or something. So oh. it's 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 so far apart from each other. Um, I, but I, I do recognize ahead. something in in what you say because uh, you talk. You said your father was an electrician. Uh, my father was uh, was is a carpenter, so he, you know, they're in uh, construction, basically both both of them uh, is like construction and building, and they listen to the radio a lot, and I think that sparked the very wide array of music with me too, because also all the things you say are pretty old stuff, right? There's not very <laughs> yes. new, there's not a lot of new music in there. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of like the newest, newest music. For me, the music has to be a little bit older, and and then I can appreciate it. It's a bit weird, but like it's just the way it goes for me. I'm I'm not the person that is gonna look at, oh, he dropped a new album. I have to listen to that. I'm more of the guy that was like, oh yeah, that album from ten years ago, that that yes. was good. That was great. <laughs> That's the one that was good, and and the one he's making right now, I'll listen to it in ten years. <laughs> That's maybe then it will be good. <laughs> um, Tupac or Biggie? <laughs> 
Tupac. All right, yeah, same thing. Um, if if there was no FIFA, what game would you like to be an esports coach in? Oof. Or no, not wait. I'll make it harder. If there was no um, soccer games, because else you're just—I know what you're gonna say. You're just gonna say. No, I wasn't one. gonna say pest. I was not gonna say pest. No. <laughs> Oof, that's that's already that's one of my no. first questions in there. So that's that's gonna be interesting. Uh, so what what would you say? Imagine there's no soccer video games. No, none, because I never I never thought to become a FIFA coach. It was never something I've planned. It was just something that happened to me. Um, so to to know what which one I would be in is so hard because, like I said, for me it was just helping my friends out, and then all of a sudden they were like, "Yeah, he's my coach." To other people, they were saying that. Yeah, and I was like, "Damn." FIFA coach what <laughs> sure uh, <laughs> I'll do it sure. fine you're gonna take me to Singapore oh good just pay my flight and I'll be your coach I'll go I'll be your dog I'll be your dog if you want me to <laughs> um, no it's it's nothing planned so really a, a game in general I wouldn't really get like one game uh, you, you yeah. wouldn't you I, wouldn't be a coach if it weren't for FIFA I don't think so um, what's your favorite game besides FIFA uh, right now I'm playing Valorant okay. next to FIFA. I'm horrible because it's my first shooter where I use a mouse and a keyboard. I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and uh, I think I'm pretty good at GeoGuessr. I'm also playing some on the Nintendo Switch right now, which I recently bought cool. with the Kaiser points. <coughs> um, no, sadly not. Um, <laughs> I had to pay for it. That would be good. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Mario, Mario Kart, I had to speed runs on Mario, Super Mario on the Wii. Or uh, Mario, Mario, what is it? The new Super Mario Bros. Do some speedruns on that too. So I do like those games, the platformers. It's hilarious because um, my next question actually is uh, speedrun Mario or Zelda? It's actually... I yeah, Mario. Mario? 100%. Uh, 100%. I barely played Zelda. Oh, really? Um, I just <laughs> I know. noticed that my cam for you has stopped. So I'm just going to restart it again. Okay, well, it doesn't work. Uh, you're just gonna have to watch the stream to see. Uh, oh yeah, my, yeah. My I have the stream face. open. <laughs> um, PlayStation One or Nintendo sixty four? Nintendo sixty four. Yeah, really? Yeah, oh, I, 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 I love Mario sixty four. Uh, makes sense. I love Mario sixty four too much. Uh, PlayStation One was my second console. First one was the Super Nintendo that I have, the SNES. Oh, ah, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I played hours on that. Like Same. literally hours. It you was... remember the cartridges that you had to blow into before you. <laughs> and and <laughs> before the funny thing in. is, years later, we we um people told us like, hey, it was it really wasn't good to blow in those cartridges. Yes, exactly. Because <laughs> when you buy buy those cartridges now, like half of them have rust in it from all the the the, ch spit. the child spit in it. <laughs> So it's if you want to harvest uh, humanity's DNA, uh, I think you need to buy a Nintendo 64 and SNES cartridges because <laughs> I think there's a lot in there. Uh, instead of the mummies, they just have to uh, they just have to buy our old cartridges, man. Um, you can solve all the old crimes. Yeah, with exactly. The DNA <laughs> all the DNA. What's up, Coolstorm? Uh, welcome to the welcome to the stream, my dude. Uh, so we got uh, Nintendo 64. Um, maybe a, a bit of a hard question to, to answer, but um, Eden Hazard or uh, Kevin De Bruyne? Ooh, that's a hard one indeed. Um, I love Hazard. I love the way like he's a footballer 
that he sees space, he's small, but he uses his body in the perfect way. But Kevin De Bruyne is on a higher level. Kevin De Bruyne is just, he's he's like, if you have Kevin De Bruyne in your team, your team automatically performs 20% better. That's um, insane, right? Like how one player can exactly tip it. But Hazard is just like one of those players, the, the way he moves, the way he, he, he handles the ball is so, so good. And people don't see it. People will call him overrated. <laughs> yeah, be... I just saw someone in chat <laughs> saying that. <laughs> people call him overrated. But in the end, uh, Hazard really has a technique. He just needs confidence and he needs time to adjust. Um, but yeah, he's he's one of those players where I just... I, when you look at it and like, look at him, and I'm one of those guys, <clears throat> um, when you go back into... If you're like interested in football, what I do is I tend to put on the FIFA World Cup 2006 and just watch it again, <laughs> like the goals. And what I noticed was the game Hungary against Belgium. That was the Euros, I reckon, Euros 2016, if I'm not mistaken. Hazard is just like, he's one of those guys, if you look at him, he played everybody, everybody stood up and was just clapping because you were like, this is brilliant. Yeah. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne has it more, but the, the brilliance of Hazard just outshines him from time to time. And Kevin De Bruyne is more of a cons uh, consistent player. That's just how I see it. I, I don't know that much about football, but how I see it with... Um, I would choose Hazard as well because um, he has a very... I think like you, a very analytical mind. Um, you can just see the technicality of how he plays uh, rather than Kevin De Bruyne is just a very, like you say, a consistent player. And I see him more, to say it with a D&D &D term, like a barbarian. He's just like... <laughs> just a, a machine going forward. And Eden Hazard is like a roguelike type that just slips in between everything. Thing. I don't know if that's a ver it's if that's a good uh, analysis for, from someone that is an absolute football noob, uh, but but that's how I see it. There is some kind of truth in it. In the end, Hazard, like I said, if Hazard is performing on thirty percent, he can do, in five minutes he can turn up to one hundred percent and just make the difference. Whereas De Bruyne is just performing at eighty percent the whole game. Yeah, uh, that's that's just the, the way I see it. Um, and like De Bruyne will peak at certain times and he will perform better. But in general, I feel like the peak that Hazard has, he can go from a completely ghosting in the game to actually being man of the match. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's pretty insane. Which but, is, I think, the reason why he's the captain, probably, of the team. Because he can, you know, be on the background, kind of lead the team into it, and then make the change when it's necessary. Whether then uh, De Bruyne can really make a team play, like, uh, like Senpai says. Um, exactly. I'm going to pick up on some questions in chat so that we don't forget them. Um, how long have you been a Ben Krabé fan? <laughs> ben Krabé fan, yeah. It's been a long time too. Something I picked up from my dad too. Um, as he's an independent person, he comes home to eat and he doesn't work too far away from home. Um, and at 1pm, 1, uh, 1 the, the, the Ben Krabé show starts. <laughs> Blocken. Blocken. And, uh, we, we, just, we just watch Blocken. We put... We, we, Pretend like we're in the show itself, like replying, saying the answers as fast as possible. That's great, uh, right? It's something fun that we do just <laughs> with the two or with my sister or with my mom sometimes. But it's just something fun that we do. And um, yeah, Ben Krabé, the goat. Yeah, <laughs> Ben Krabé, the goat. 
Alright, somebody clip this. <laughs> Mr. Dory just called Ben Crabbe the goat. <laughs> He's is... the goat from Belgian television. I mean, like, what else do we have to say? <laughs> Whatever we say in the rest of this podcast, this is going to be the quote they're going to take away from it. You know it. <laughs> um, they say uh, Belgian, like the Pro League or the national team? Um, I, I, That's a weird question, I find, but... I think that that was in in response to if we picked the Belgian team, the Belgian national team versus the English national team, oh, like yeah. Belgian football against uh, English football. Right. Well, I would say the Premier League is on a higher level than the Belgian league. But if we look at the Belgian league, I think there's a lot of charm in it. If we look at the smaller clubs, yeah, we see them play against each other. Uh, teams like Kortrijk was on Beveren when they play against each other, that can give you like the most crazy games. I think. Last week we had a 4-3 victory for Kortrijk where everything happened. We had weird penalties. We had a far coming in three times, like all those crazy stuff. And in the Premier League, I just have the feeling that it's um, it's less charming. It's more like money-based synthetic. Um, if you go to the lower leagues in, in England, then I would say like England has so many charms. If you go to Sunday League, fourth division, third division in England, even to the seventh division in England, I Whenever you go there, you see real fans on the on the ground supporting their club, living in the neighborhood with their club, and that's something very nice. So it really depends on how we look at it. Uh, but I would say Belgian league because it's on the higher level, even it's it's more charming. Yeah, I I, I agree. I I have to agree with you. I went to um, um, a Fulham match uh, of not their like best team i don't i don't know how it works but it was like fulham the the under 21s or something like that uh if i think if you go to watch an under 21 game here i mean even if it's underlicht it's there's gonna be like 10 people and their mom and uh <laughs> in fulham it was actually a full almost full like half stadium like they opened half the stadium it was almost full and it was an insane match people were like cheering like at a real match uh which i don't think you find that here a lot with the smaller teams i think um so i think i i have to agree on that but in on the higher tier i think i i do agree that uh that uh our our i I was a Cafe Mechelen supporter, uh, even though I didn't. I was. Well, I didn't. I. I don't. I, I didn't, and still don't know anything about football. But it was the city I lived in, so it was the you know it was the team that I went to see, and it was it was really fun. It was really fun. Um, what else do we have here? Uh, Doku or the Ketelara is a, is another question. Ooh, um, two totally different players. Poof. Uh, probably the Ketelara. All right. And any reason or just. Well, because Do- you have Doku, is like, Doku is the fast-paced guy that will just go from the sides and keeps sp- sprinting and running and then tries to make a difference, whereas the gate ladder is a little bit more... St- he's stronger, he's bigger, so he's like more of a... Uh, he can be more of a bully. Um, and I think uh, the gate ladder is just, at this at this point, uh, somebody that has a lot of hype around him, and I think that's why I picked him. Doku right. has been decent for a longer time already. All right, um, I'm going to skip some of the questions. Ben Krabbe is from the same city as me, the beautiful Tina. Uh, <laughs> okay, we're going to go into that. Uh, Matze, Deve, we're going to go into into the, the more deeper questions later. 
Uh, never forget the Café Kortrijk. <laughs> Buffet. Uh, <laughs> uh, you could say the ham was pretty full. Sorry for that terrible joke. Well, the senpai, uh, the senpai is a friend of mine, and he's a dad, so he needs to make the dad jokes. That is, oh, uh, I mean, that's fair enough. Skateboarding or BMX? If you skateboarding. Had skateboarding. Did you skate? <laughs> I had one of those mini skateboards, you know. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was just, it, it was just in in in. What is it? My backyard. I was just like going forwards and back, yeah. forwards and back, and that's basically my skills. And I could jump, like a little jump. Yeah, a little yeah. jump. Yeah, yeah. That was that was the thing. I really enjoy. So I'm one of those people that really enjoys watching sports. I love watching sports. I don't understand everything. Like I love to watch golf. I don't understand golf, but I like uh, I like to watch it. And skateboarding was and BMX as well and and soccer as well. Is one of those sports that I love to watch, <laughs> but I am absolutely terrible at. <laughs> and it's just one of those things. I, I find it because it's also technical. Um, and I find that that it people don't see um, um, uh, skateboarding in the same division as, as football. But I think they're both very technical, uh, very technical sports. Uh, in golf, you just hit the ball. <laughs> you just exactly. hit the ball right. I think you, you said it uh, uh, correctly without a comma. You have to hit the ball right. Uh, dilemma for I mean, we can, we, we can, we can We can say that for every game, can't we? In skateboarding, we just have to put your foot on the ground. Exactly. Uh, for, for BMXing, we just have to bike for football we just have to kick a ball yeah in the end everything is very simple explained but yeah i get it uh it sometimes looks way easier than it is and it's the same on fifa we have professional fifa players uh, and people just say it's just a game that's right but like if if you're making 25 25 a month to play that game it's not just a game the the dimensions completely change exactly so whenever money gets involved the is just can be left kind of fall yeah le it's yeah, left it, out it's, it's just left out because in the end it's not just anymore it's your living it's where you work for it's where you train for so yeah it, i know it was meant as a, as a joke but like um, in general there's so many things we can simplify but right. i don't think we always have to that's right that's right because um i think that's what makes the fun like fun and competitive that's the that's uh the um, the division between between fun and competitive is is when uh it becomes not just doing a sport but really getting good at it and and seeing the technicalities in it uh another funny one i think is capsalon or a, a chicken fillet <laughs> with a ch a mushroom uh, cream sauce and fries a, a mozzalon for me uh what is that It's uh, that that's Matthias uh, de Vlieger, the commentator in the e pro league, and we just have a running joke uh, of having a mud salon instead of a, a cup salon. Oh, uh, just dad jokes again, but like even worse. <laughs> and is it is it is it uh, something special or is it just a cup salon? <laughs> no, okay. it's just a cup salon with Matthias heads on, uh, head on. That, that, that's basically it. <laughs> because because William Buva invented the William Buva, and it's something really crazy with like crazy amounts of meat on it um i've seen it i've seen it on twitter not not so long ago he posted uh what was it it was uh some french fries with um yeah uh stoffly sauce to say like that yeah uh, samurai <laughs> i can't remember what was it on was it keep going yeah exactly keep it was going. a lot of stuff and and uh a, a fry place decided to sell it so it's it's <laughs> it's actually you can actually buy a william buva now it's it's insane It's insane. Um, uh, maybe one last question from chat, or are we? Are we? I think we're. Yeah, I think we're through. We're gonna get on. Uh, Twitch or YouTube? Twitch. All right. Uh, Real Madrid or Barcelona? Barcelona. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> Surprising. I thought you would you would choose Madrid. I don't know why. It, it's a. Uh, uh, I've been a Barca fan ah, forever. Okay. Uh, but I, I can enjoy Real. Sorry to interrupt you, but no, I can no. re enjoy Real Madrid too. Like, uh, it's just that their style of playing doesn't really suit me. I'm more of somebody that loves technical play rather than force and force. <laughs> yeah and, and pushing and trying to lay lay deep and then try to counterattack. i'm not one of those guys i'm rather have like get position try to be smart with the ball see the openings so you're probably so, yeah. not a not a fan of south american football well i kind of because it's a lot of technique usually they they dribble all the time even the goalkeepers would try to dribble a <laughs> striker yeah. out <laughs> <That's>, yeah <laughs> so i can enjoy i can enjoy that <laughs> but yeah kind of it's not really my style but there are some elements that i can really appreciate and like cool um Klubruggen or Anderlecht? <laughs> no favorite honestly I like knew. honestly no 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 favorite in both of them what's um, your what's the team you support i support Kortrijk, of course <laughs> that, i i guessed it i kind of guessed it i'm like okay it's either gonna or be home, yeah the other side i saw we, i saw we have two shirts there on the wall uh what is it the white one and the the blue ones the moment uh, you right. opened it, I was like, okay, I, I, picked, <laughs> I picked two fun teams to to, to have to choose between because you're not going to choose any of them. So uh, I, I get that. Um, now it's time for some weird ones. We had some kind of weird ones now, but now it's we're, let's go into the really weird ones. And then after <laughs> that, we're going to go into the serious questions. Could you watch the Frikandel? Mm, Frikandel. All right. That's, that's going to that's gonna set up many people in chat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, every time you play FIFA, you have to dance the Macarena completely from beginning to end. Or every time you play FIFA, you have to eat a full English breakfast. Full English breakfast. All right. Um, imagine you, you play FIFA like six times a day. Six full English <laughs> breakfasts. You're going to be like... <laughs> I'm going to be good. I think I'll be I'll, I'll be having some place for dessert at the end. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> You're a you're a big eater. You can you can get yeah, yeah. oh wow. You, yeah, you wouldn't say it. You wouldn't say it. Oh, uh, it is. I'm I'm a big eater, but you know it's my body is kind of ready for that. <laughs> Hence the nickname. Um, every morning you either have to drink half a liter of warm Coca Cola, like tea, tea warmth, or Jeez. do a boot camp from six to eight, like serious boot camp, like uh, uh, really pumps and jumping and jumping jacks like two hours straight if if there is somebody to help me i'm undertaking that boot camp i can use the weight uh, loss a bit so yeah <laughs> boot camp please uh people are saying the macarena shaming not cool <laughs> i've never seen frick do the macarena so i don't know what he's talking about there you go um uh when you see a duck every time you see a duck you have to puke or you have a beak of a duck instead of a mouth and nose <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have to puke. Yeah, I I, I choose that too. Um, uh, every time you talk, you have to sing what you talk. So when you're coaching someone and they're playing bad, you're gonna, you're gonna have to be like, "You are not picking up the ball," <laughs> or you move in slow motion all the time. But you speak normally. But you're like, I hate going slow. So I'll just go for the singing and I'll make it rap so we can talk really fast, you know? There you go. That's <laughs> smart. That's See, that's an analyst for you guys. He will just go around. <laughs> he, 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 will, he will take your thing, like your dilemma that you've been working on, and he'll just go around it. Just like, I'll solve it. No problem. This is a puzzle <laughs> for me. <laughs> uh, would dance the Macarena with Sveket. Thanks. I, I, I would... would 
I would do it with you too, uh, Nazar Kebab. I would actually dance the Macarena with all of you. Um, you either have to wear over-the-top gala clothes, like really over-the-top um, showbiz bat style, all the time, everywhere you go, or you head out in your pajamas every day. Mm, my pajamas are pretty slick, so I'll go with my pajamas. Pajamas? All right. Um, I'm, wearing, I'm wearing my pants, my pajama pants right now. So. Oh, you are. <laughs> don't fall. Don't don't do the fall. I. I no, it's okay. You've got it. You've got it under control. I fell off uh, a live on stream a few days ago, <laughs> and it's the clip is blowing up everywhere. It's hilarious. Um, when you're jealous, your face turns green, or you see everything in pink, like La Vie en Rose, all the time. Jealous because usually I'm not really jealous. Uh, jealous, sorry. Jealous. You're not. You're not. <laughs> you're not the jealous I'm, type of person. No, I'm. I'm. I'm always happy like to see people do good. Um, so uh, I'll probably take the green one. Yeah. Yeah. I was the the question was actually uh, layered. It was pretty smart because I thought like, as a coach, I think that's one of the qualities you need to have is to be happy for somebody else's um, what they can do. Yeah, that's like pe people often come to me and they were like, if you're so good at explaining what you do, why don't you do it yourself? Um, that's something you hear so often. And for me personally, I'm not at the same level as these players. Otherwise, I would be a player, but I can still give my idea and my perspective on everything. And apparently they like what I say and it's kind of true. Um, but seeing somebody win that tournament with you as their coach or just a friend seeing them do good it's just for me it's it's maybe even more rewarding than winning it yourself yeah um for me i take reward out of helping people and seeing that they do well because of it um so i don't think jealous is like something really in the book for me mm -hmm. um of course sometimes you wish to to have a little bit more uh, so you, you wish to have some something that somebody else uh, has of but course. That doesn't mean that I wouldn't want him to have it, if right. that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, no, it makes sense. That That's not... Like, jealousy is is exactly uh, what you just said. I think jealousy is more, um, I want what you have, but I don't want you to have it. Because if you have mm -hmm. it, I'll be jealous of you. Uh, so, and, and that's right. I think that's a very good quality as a coach to have, uh, is to be, to be happy for what others can accomplish and to actually get gratification out of that. Um, last question. After every session of FIFA uh, coaching, you have to line dance like the Cowboys for one hour. <laughs> or uh, to be able to coach, you have to behave like a horse for an hour. Anywhere I'll go for you the line dance. Yeah, I'll go for the line dance. Yeah, it's like whenever we're on a tournament, we basically line dancing already. So <laughs> might as well just. <laughs> All right, that's 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 hilarious. So if you want to see the line dancing, Mister Dory, be sure to catch him at a, at a <laughs> at one of the tournaments. All right, enough enough uh, silliness. Let's go to the Q and A. I've got a beautiful stinger for that as well. One, two, three. There it goes. Wow. <laughs> And there we are. We're back. Uh, my camera is out of going out of focus. It's the first time it's been doing that. I don't know why. Um, we're gonna start with a little bit of personal questions, I would say. Um, okay. And after that, we're going to go to uh, towards gaming. Um, by the way, chat. If you have any questions for Mr. Tori, put them uh, in the chat, and we're gonna pick. You know, I'm gonna pick pick and choose like 
good ones or the ones I find interesting out there. Uh, if your questions are similar to mine, I might not pick them, so don't be angry about that. It's just that it will probably come further in the chat. Um, when did you first pick up FIFA? FIFA 99 was the very first one that I played. Wow. Did you pick it up in... Uh, what year did you pick it up in? 2000, I think. Okay, just a year later. Yeah, like every time I would be like a year later or sometimes two years later. I think the second one was 2001. Yeah. Um, and then 2001, 2006... No, 2004, 2005, 2006, 2008. And from there on, it was like a long time. After 2008, I think it was until 2015. And then 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21 uh, to give the full... And in between, there were some FIFA streets or like special edition FIFAs, but like... <clears throat> The, the the real FIFA's was first one 99, second one 2001. Okay, so you skipped a year, or there was no FIFA in 2000? Is that possible? There, there, there was there was a year, but it was just like at the time I was just playing it like once a week. Like I'm I'm born in 1997, uh, yeah. 17, no, 97. Yeah, well, brain fart. Uh, in 97, so um, how can I play a game at three years of age? Yeah, exactly. What like, my parents weren't really into. Um, gaming whatsoever so whenever i played something it was either on the computer that wasn't connected to the internet yeah or it was uh, a console that they bought for like all the children together do so you, yeah do you have brothers and sisters i have three sisters three sisters did they play video games uh they used to play on the snes quite oh. a bit and then on the wii too cool. but like it was more the casual games as like we'd play aladdin or like uh, oh that was a would... hard game that was a fun game. Oh, did you find it fun? I, it was hard. It was so frustrating for me. Also, Battle Thoughts and Battle Mania. I don't know if somebody knows that one. Awesome games. Um, I know it, but I'm old, so. <laughs> F Zero on the SNES 2. Like really with, great. with the planes, with the racing. F Zero yeah. was one, I believe, one of the first games that had um, um, kind of a 3D feeling to it, right? Uh, it was pretty Could good. Be. It was pretty good. And then Mario, obviously, we were just playing Mario. And the fun part was, like, I, had, I have a bigger sister and then two younger sisters. And if I was playing with my bigger sister, she would give me... We had one controller that was, like, semi-broken. It would have, like, the plastic would have been broken a bit. And you will feel it all the time in your palm. Oh, hilarious. And, and all, the old, oldest player could always use the good controller. And then the youngest always has to play with the bad controller. Plastic. But whenever I was playing with the younger one, um, and I was playing the single single player game, and she wouldn't understand. I would just like not plug in the con the, the the controller. I would just like put the connector on top of the uh, on top of the SNES, and I would just be pretending like, look, look, you're playing, good job. Yeah. And I would just be playing myself. <laughs> what a classic! What an absolute <laughs> classic! My cousin did that with me uh, as well. Uh, I have an older cousin, so I know that feeling. I know that that exact <laughs> feeling. Um, maybe maybe just uh, what does your family think about? your job as an analyst or as a coach what do they think about that um well i have to say at the start they didn't understand anything just turn this off um they didn't understand anything they were just like you're wasting your time you're not doing anything that is worth it um you should be focusing on studying go work all that kind of stuff but like again i wasn't working i didn't do anything for for a job it was just me having like a fun time with my friends and I never saw it as working. It only started when Proximus really came to me or like when Jules came to me to go to, to Paris first and that I just said, I'm going on a trip and they're going to pay me for it, which was the truth. Um, and then Proximus came in and they were like, you can come work for us like for one day, we'll pay you or was it? 
I think in, at the time it was like 300 euros for one day. Oh no, for 300 euros a day for two days. It was like that. Wow. And at the, at the same day, I had to work in the, the, the chocolate factory where I was working before. Mm-hmm. Been working there for like three years. Um, but as a student, so five time, five days a week, you're studying, you're like at school. Then one day you go to work and then the Sunday was free. But now Proximus was taking up like the full weekend spot. And I remember saying that and my dad was like, no, no, it's better to go work in the chocolate factory because that will give you more in the end. Uh, and I was like, but, but dad, I can make 600 euros in one weekend or I can make on 100 on one day. Yeah. And then he was like, you know what? You just do whatever you do want. Do whatever you want. <laughs> I don't care anymore. I'm done. I'm done with this shit. <laughs> and uh, Philip yeah. from, from uh, Lowland Lions, we do, who we talked about um, last last podcast, always said school first. And I think he kind of has the same attitude than your father uh, had about this. That some of these things are are very. Um, how do you say that effervescent they will they will come and go and how, how do you feel about it now that you're a bit like a, a couple of years further well at the time i've <coughs> never i've never taken it in the first place school was always the first thing i took and um, i don't work for free so in the end yeah the money that i make is better than the money i would make working in a chocolate factory breaking my back or like smelling uh if, if you would work in a in, in a place where they sell fr- french fries or something yeah like in general, the work I do is um, tiring, but it's mm. mentally tiring. It's not necessarily um, your body is not being tired of it. And I always took school first, so I've never felt that I was doing anything wrong. I always made sure that I had like everything settled out. Um, if I had like an exam or something, I had opportunities to go to Singapore, to go to the United States, and I just couldn't take them because there was something with school yeah. and that had to take priority. So I've never prioritized anything esports related because i never saw it as a job uh, at least not until now where the jobs are just coming in and i just keep getting asked for all these different kind of stuff but we will probably get into that more later on yeah um so yeah so uh, go ahead sorry my, my question is do you do you i think well you actually answered it i think you agree with school first 100% because um, you never know what's going to happen. I know plenty of professional football, FIFA players and professional football players too. And uh, afterwards, they always feel like mm, I might have done it a bit better. I might have chosen the better part because it you never know what's happening in the future. Maybe you break your arm. Maybe something happens that you're not good at the game anymore. Maybe, yeah, who knows? Your dad passes away and you need to take care of the whole family. You, you don't know what's going to happen in the future. So... Uh, I'm one of those guys who just wants securities and have like, um, how do you say it, like um, backup and falling nets. Um, so I, I just think that it's important to have a um, something to, to rely on. That's right. I think the senpai uh, says it here. Some pro players have crazy master's degrees because they really work on employability. And, it, and it's right. Um, I watched um, a seminar with... Um, uh, what's his name again? Uh, Sven Ness, uh, the, 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 yeah. the cyclist. And, and he always he also said, like, school wasn't, you know, wasn't my favorite thing. But I finished school. I've done... I have a bachelor's degree uh, in the end or, or something like that. Because you, ne- you just... First of all, you never know where you're going to fall into. And he kind of developed his own... Because now he's obviously a trainer and stuff. And and, 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 and I think even uh, maybe... Uh, I think he may, he's maybe something to do with teams and stuff. Like uh, he has his own company. Um, 
and he and he really watches his own employability like what can i do after this what can i you know where can i perform um what i've done on the field um you know on other uh places so that's that's very interesting you were about to yeah. say something yeah i was gonna say that in the end i took a lot from school it also helped me with a lot um Right now I'm learning marketing. I can learn all sorts of skill sets that I didn't know before that I can use in building that career further. Um, and in the meantime, I'm just securing that I have something to fall back on. I did my bachelor's degrees in computer science. Um, now when somebody asks a question about streaming or about PC gaming, I'm usually the person they turn to to, to ask some questions or to, to get help from. Um, all those kind of things already just helps you in the employment although it's gaming it's esports or whatever uh, there's a lot of stuff that you can take from good practices from business that you can use there to build yourself a brand to build yourself a business and people tend to forget that and it also helps me having some sort of structure in my week if it was too loose and too like <clears throat> it's only about fifa coaching or it's only about gaming then i might be lost in just the time and i would be doing nothing um well in comparison now i have a very busy busy schedule and i just like have to work around certain stuff and i just noticed that it helps me in in the end that's right um <clears throat> talking about career um where do you see your career go in the future what are dreams and what do you think is a realistic next step like what would you absolutely dream about and what do you think is more realistic? Uh, um, I'm not going to ask you about the end game because you obviously you, you don't plan it out. I think this early. No. Um, but what would you, the obvious next step be, and what would your ideal end game be? So for me, the next step is unknown. <laughs> really, it is. It's completely unknown. I have no idea what's going to happen after uh, June, hopefully, where I graduate. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, I have been working as a freelance. I have been doing all kinds of jobs on the side. I have been studying. Um, so, yeah, after after that, knowing what's going to come, well, what is there? What's yeah. going to happen? Maybe the world is going to end. Maybe, yeah. like, who, who will say? Who will tell? Um, and if we're just going to look at it like esports and FIFA and whatever, for me, I think there is a certain opportunity if that arises, then I would take it, be like a manager or like a coach for a specific team. But it has to give me enough positives because in the end, I have a bachelor degree in marketing communication or I will get one. And I have a, a, a degree in computer science. So if I'm making only half the money I would making there, that would be kind of stupid to do. Mm -hmm. uh, seeing in some way to combine it, that might be like the ideal solution. But there is a possibility that I would just do nothing with it and just dip. Yeah. So, for you, it's not set in stone that you're going to continue in this path. You're just going to see whatever comes across your path and kind of catches your attention. That's the way you're going to go. Exactly. All right. Um, can you tell us what the differences are between, uh, or maybe the similarities between a coach and an analyst? Or do they kind of always go hand in hand? No, a coach in the end is somebody that... Um helps a player or helps a team but works with gameplay of a player and tries to improve that player an analyst is somewhat more um, a general term that could be somebody that is explaining gameplay whether that's on television whether that's on the radio whether that's just explaining to other people like look um, 
Saka, you're going to play against uh, Nasr Kebab. Um, if I'm your coach, what I'm going to do is I'm going to look at your gameplay. I'm going to tell you, you can do this better, that better, and we will work on it. An analyst will more look at, okay, this is how you play. This is how Nasr Kebab plays. To beat him, we have to do this, 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 and that. Um, so coach is in some way like closer to a player, whereas an analyst is more of a broad player that looks at different angles, different ways to go about it, and will try to find tactics that will suit you to beat the opponent. I think that's like the main difference for me personally, because there is no like written rule in what is a coach and what is an analyst. But for me personally, that's how I see it. All right. And what what would you describe a day in the life of of Say you have a coaching uh, job that day. Um, what what does your day look like? So um, if we're talking about like a tournament, then it's not one day. Usually the tournaments are abroad. Um, so that will take a week's work. <laughs> But uh, if we just take a normal, because people can book me to just casual players or like pros that want to get improving improvement for like one hour. It would just basically be how it looks for me right now is in the morning I have mostly my classes um, then I have some spare time where I would make some food or just like go to the family see them a bit um, and then in the afternoon I would start like doing the coaching watching their gameplay analyzing it myself then get on a call with them uh, analyzing again talking about it showing them where things go wrong where things went right and then that would be the end of that coaching session and then it depends if I have four five six one or two or no coaching sessions at all that day But if we're looking at more a general term, as in a coach of a team, because um, I worked with some players already, like closely, that will be like in the morning, wake up, uh, do the things that I have to do to set up. Um, and usually around 12, we would, um, if we're talking about tournament days, uh, when we were on, on site, like in Berlin or in Paris, we would have a breakfast, we would go for a walk in the city, uh, what we did in Paris on Tuesday, Wednesday, the same thing. No FIFA. We don't touch a controller those days. Thursday, we go into the the, the, the real place where the, the action is going to happen and we just have a media day. They take pictures of the players. They make sure that everything is in place, that their consoles are set up, that they can have some practice against each other. And then I'll start like doing my work, watching the games, seeing where things go wrong, seeing where he's doing well. And then the Friday, it's game time. And then it's just in the morning, we go to the to the place where we have to play. I'll sit behind him, make sure that he has everything, whether it's water, whether it's something to eat, whether it's hand warmers, just everything that he basically needs. Um, so I've been taking like more of a manager and player role on me from time to time. Uh, all depends on the player that I'm coaching, really. Um, and then we would just talk like brief anal analysis, analysis after the game. Uh, seeing where things went wrong where he could have done better where he did very well because that's important too don't always stress what goes wrong or try to stress what went good too mm -hmm. and what, his, what, what has been amazing and then like preparing for the next game and then you have a certain amount of games after that we will try to relax as much as possible without screens once again we go to the hotel chill a bit in the, in the lounge with the other players order something to eat or go out to eat something or just make a walk in the city again Because uh, usually we run big cities like Paris, Berlin, Copenhagen, Atlanta. It's it's like big cities with yeah. like things to. See. Um, but yeah, that's basically like a short short view in it. Um, I've I've tried to do some day in the life <laughs> on yeah. social media, but it, it it that that's already that's not really the coaching parts. That's more of the ex expert parts that I do for the other companies in Belgium right. already. So it's not totally the same thing.
Because I, I feel like uh, relaxing is an important part of um, of being a competitive uh, player. Uh, because I think they're they're under such high amounts of stress that it's very important to build those days in. Just like a, a touring band would also build in one or two rest days. Um, yeah, exactly. The thing is, we a FIFA game is two times six minutes. Right. Um, they play... Usually they play two games, a home and away game. Uh, so that's already we're, we're 12 minutes, 24 minutes already. Uh, half an hour where they have 100% focus. Yep. Every every percentage or like a, a portion of a percentage of focus that they lose, that can cost them the whole game. Um, so they have to be on top of their game the whole time. Imagine that after you went to a tournament, you played a full day, six, seven games uh times two because you have to do a home and away so 14 games which is basically uh three and a half hours of pure focus on a day your mind is burned out right your eyes are sore your hands are feeling like tired so at that time you just have to do something whether that's going into a sauna whether that's going to the gym uh whether that's just walking outside and just having a breather or whether that, that's chilling in, in, in the lounge in the hotel or in your bed and be like relaxing a bit but you have to do something to like relieve that kind of stress otherwise if you keep in that you'll build up internal stress and then i'm talking about like feeling depression and everything after mm -hmm. you play the game because if you lose and that's something that people forget all the time people remember the winners but there's for every winner there is there are like millions of losers that didn't make it that's like, right losers maybe a hard word but i mean people that lost the game yeah so there is like the moment after a tournament, you'll see people fall into real depressions. Yeah, because and to minimize that, oh, go ahead, go ahead. F Philip Philip of Lowland Lions said that as well, and I think that's very um, uh, similar to what you say. He says it's 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 hard to handle winning. Uh, it's not really easy to handle winning because it's you you need to take a kind of approach to winning as well because winning is not you know everything it doesn't dictate the rest of the steps you take but handling losing is very difficult as well because you there's always something to learn but not everybody yeah. is a sore loser of course but it's not hard it's not easy to lose it's not only a sore loser because in the end sometimes you are just not good enough you weren't right. good enough at that time and That's right. um being honest with yourself is a big one but imagine that you have nobody around you, that you're just there alone. Mm -hmm. You just lost the tournament. You, you worked so hard for to get there. You just got swissed straight out of the group stage. You're out. You haven't played like a single good game. Yeah. How are you going to rebound from that yourself? That's right. That's so hard. So having somebody next to you that can just like, even if you if you went 0-3 and you just did nothing at all, nothing went well, having somebody next to you that was there with you and maybe you'll feel like you left them down. But if the person is like mature and good enough, if he's a friend, because coaches are not just people next to them, I think they have to be friends mm -hmm. uh, to have like a good connection. If you have a friend next to you at, the, at those kind of times, it's really like comforting that you're doing something that doesn't have to go about the game in something else and i think that's something that's very underrated already uh mental side in fifa people just don't see that they don't think about that they're just like oh they just play in the video game and they, they're going to be the best but in the end the mental side is one of the biggest thing i think it's 70 percent in competitive gaming it's just about mental side right <clears throat> but yeah depressions are not far away but euphoria is not far away either so yeah that that's that's the world that we live in in it's these very... sports 
yeah. it's so close it's a thin line between winning and losing and it's an even thinner line between having that depression and having that euphoric uh, feeling that's right uh senpai says carol dweck's mindset is the book for athletes dealing with loss and learning from it is what separates the pros from mediocre ones uh, to me exactly and and absolutely and and also dealing with winning um is is also very important I feel because there will be some players or some teams or some whatever that win once, twice, and then be like, oh, we're the best. We don't have to change anything about our game. And then they lose like the 10 next matches of them. And I think football, like even real life football, has had that problem as well that a coach or an analyst or, or a trainer doesn't see the true strength of their team because they're not analyzing correctly. They're thinking like, okay, we're winning with this team. Why change a winning team and just boom, be done with it? But I think you're right. I think it's not it's not the best way. You gotta you gotta watch everything as a whole and not just as that one moment. Um, yeah, I've got. I've got. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, no. I was just gonna say that I agree. Oh, okay. Oh. Then I've got a. I've got a, a follow-up question. Um, imagine tomorrow I want to become a FIFA coach or analyst. Uh, what would your tips be to aspiring um, coaches or analysts? What would your? I think you gave a couple already in your answers. But if you would have to say, let's say three tips, three big tips of what do you have to do? First of all, watch a shit ton of gameplay. Like not just a bit, just watch a shit ton. Yeah. I think I played about, like in, in normal years, I play about thousand five hundred games myself. Wow, that's okay. not that much. That's not that much. Like the pro players, I know pro players, I get get up to five thousand, six thousand games a year. Wow. Um, but I get around thousand five hundred, and then next to that, I also watch gameplay all the time. Like in in my bed, I'm watching people that stream, or I'm watching things back. Uh, of recorded gameplay but basically every year fifa is different so that's maybe if, if you want to become a fifa coach let first of all you have to know that every year is different uh, there are certain aspects that come back into the game but in the end the grand scheme of things it's different so runs of players say for example you you only control one person on the pitch so mm -hmm. the 10 other players or nine other players field players are controlled by the ai yeah. so to be a good coach, I think, is knowing how the AI is going to run. So you can anticipate on AI runs rather than on personal runs. And you can only do that if you watch enough gameplay and if you know yeah, makes sense. certain anim animations and certain uh, steps that players are going to make. So that will be the first one. Just watch a shit ton of gameplay. Okay, so number one, we're going to do it Pete Hasenthrat style. <laughs> number one is going to be consume insane amounts of gameplay and whether yes. it be playing yourself or watching all right let's go so number two maybe even change that to watching a lot of professional gameplay all right yeah that's <laughs> makes because, sense because, because you can you, i can watch the kasveka play and i can <laughs> or i can watch a pro player play yeah There's you're not you're not gonna learn a lot from watching me play uh the old uh, no. the only fifa game i own on the nes <laughs> i don't think you're gonna learn anything of, of that or maybe how not to play that's also exactly there's also there's also a thing for that but uh, in general i would rather watch something that goes well and maybe see what they do wrong because not all pro players are doing everything wrong nobody does that in the end in fifa that's right um but yeah that's the first thing second thing if we have to say to become a fifa coach or analyst i think is having a connection uh having connections in general in the fifa scene knowing people knowing players knowing managers knowing organizations because if you don't know them how are you going to show yourself how are you going to prove that you you can do the job um 
I am always interacting with people. I'm always talking to different people, whether that's people from Europe, from Belgium, from Australia, from North America, like everywhere in the world, everywhere in the world. And that's something fun that I like. I think I, I once counted it, but it's been a while. I think it's almost a year ago. I counted how many teams, football teams, I am in direct contact with. And it was something about 380 or like 400. Wow. Um, so that is it's insane. just... That's that's building, yeah, yeah. building connections. Right. If you don't have a connection, how are you going to prove yourself? How are you going to become somebody to teach somebody something? If you don't have any connections with players, you might know one player, but maybe he's not a good player for your way of coaching because people have different ways of coaching. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I know play. I know coaches that are very direct that are like, you have to do this, 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 and that. Or you have coaches that are like, I would suggest you if you try that, but just see whatever you feel comfortable with. So there is like a very um, different approach to, uh, I'm more one of the second guys that is just like, I feel like this might work for you or this might work for you, but you just have to decide yourself, giving them the idea that they choose rather than saying, this is the answer. I am your senpai <laughs> to what I say. Yeah, You are my slave. Uh, it doesn't work. <laughs> so it's just like, try to find a way for you how you feel comfortable in finding somebody that fits that profile too because you cannot coach everybody that's not easy no that's right so we got number one is um watch a lot of pro gameplay i i found it then number two is build out a huge network basically exactly. or a good network a, a, a quality quality, a network. quality network is, is even better than a huge network but right. a huge network works too <laughs> yeah yeah just knowing a lot of but i think that that applies to a lot of jobs as well um uh i don't know if you know what i do for a job but uh i'm i'm an event organizer and in my job is very important i know a lot of people and it's it's very important to know a lot of people and to know the right people to surround yourself with the correct people um nazar kebab says uh, i missed that a little bit i'll crush you come at me i think he's talking uh, to me um nazar kebab a special message to you i think even if you're like really good at fifa uh i don't think you've seen my weight but i think uh when there's crushing to be done i shall be the one <laughs> that 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 uh, that gives the crushing uh the senpai has been summoned because he said uh the senpai ask his chair yeah ask my chair i crush that um uh, we got a partner in chat saying hello to you uh Julian. that is a yeah that's a professional player for uh Feyenoord. oh cool uh that's that's cool uh cold storm has a question but i think we're gonna go to your third tip first if there if there is a third one well first one was watching a lot of pro gameplay second one was uh to get a huge network and right. third is i think is building your own image you can have a, a good you can have a good network but it's important to have an image that you or that other people can stand by if you're being toxic online or you're being a dipshit and everybody hates you they know you but it's not, it's not necessarily a good one makes sense uh, and yeah it's just learning how to talk just know how to speak to people whether that's online whether that's in in the the one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions um it's knowing how to come true to somebody to to really get in their mind and to understand what they are going through and how you can help them uh, i think that's a big one too i think if you're a natural born teacher some people just have it in them they can teach people um whatever they know and others are just very bad at it mm -hmm. and i think that's a big one yeah that makes sense because i think as a player it makes it, it it 
it's not necessarily important to build a good reputation because uh, you let your gameplay speak for you. Um, and a coach, and even an analyst, and even a caster, it's... I mean, your image speaks... Bef before you even appear, your image, or what the image that people have of you, um, speaks before that. Um, I've got a cool storm that's asking, might be a bit late on this, but did you guys see the new Rocket League Season 10 finals for the pros? They got a new way to play for EU and NA. This means that the grand final have the possibility to be a best of 21, which is insane when talk about being focused for a long time. Best of 21 is, is, is pretty insane. Um, that is that is really long, right? That is kind of long. Best of twenty-one. Jeez. Imagine that with FIFA, because you you just said it's best out of basically best out of four. I would say, like if you see it like that, it's it's two matches divided in four pieces. No, no, it's it's wait, no, it's it's, a, it's the best of two. Best it's of a home two. Home and away game. Home yeah. and away, but it's four times six minutes, right? Yeah, it's four right. times six minutes. Yeah. So uh, that's pretty long already. That's like 30 minutes of full attention. Imagine doing that for 21. Yeah, I, I don't know minus. the length of a Rocket League. Uh, uh, it's five minutes. Five, yeah, but still, that's that's a lot. That's 100 minutes, 105 but, minutes. But best of 21 in the end, if you the moment you get to uh, 11, it's done. So right. you can go 11, 11 and 0. That's one hour. That's right. That's still. Still it's an still hour hard. of in, in, intense. Because also, I think uh, that was uh, one of my next questions. Um, I think it's a very fast pace. Unlike games like League of Legends, where the pace kind of goes down for 10 minutes and then goes back up for like five minutes. Um, FIFA and Rocket League, uh, I think, because well, both are very fast paced, um, are just going all the time because you only have those six minutes of the first half and then six minutes of the second half to get the goals in and to get your because it doesn't matter if you're tech you know if you're doing fantastic dribbles and amazing gameplays doesn't matter because it's the goals that count um yeah, exactly it's perfect some uh, it, that's a perfect summary so the, i mean i mean like 20 24 minutes sounds like short because uh i think a good league of legends match takes like 15 16 17 minutes and th those guys play like a couple uh on a night but they don't have to concentrate that hard um in my in my opinion i don't know what you th you feel about it no they do but it's not the same thing it's like you have moments where your brain can work at like 70 percent mm -hmm. and then at times that uh say for example when the dragon spawns that, that that's the moment when they are gonna go all in 100 yeah. percent focus but if they're just farming then yeah, seventy percent, maybe maybe even eighty uh, percent. Whereas in FIFA, you cannot have that sixty, seventy percent because you're just gonna get punished. Right. Um, and the same thing in Rocket League. I think it's just focus all the time. Constantly, right? Uh, let's see what hell, what else is there? Uh, I'm gonna skip some things uh, that are maybe not that interesting. Um, five minute watches, okay realistic those matches from rocket league are about eight minutes okay yeah that's that's very technical yeah. stuff um what does an as uh, aspiring so i'm, I'm gonna ask uh, i asked you before this so just that chat knows i asked uh, uh hakim before this if i could ask this question what can an aspiring coach and analyst expect to make money wise you talked a little bit about it but like imagine tomorrow i get picked up by random team uh because i'm okay-ish i'm very beginner 
what can I expect to make? Well, as a normal FIFA coach whatsoever, there is no like, there's no set uh, amount to make. Whereas with pros, we have different levels. In coaches, there's just not so many FIFA coaches around. I think we're in a tight knit group of like maybe 10, 15 right now that might be able to live from it. Um, there's not many. And what I do and that I can freely share is if I do it for random people that I'm not signed to a team, it will be around 35 to 40 euros an hour. Mm -hmm. Of course, there goes some preparation and some follow-up in that too. So you give and take about 25 to 30 an hour. Um, but being full-time signed to a club, there is very little coaches that can say that. And most of them are around, I think, 1,500 to 2,000 euros a month. Um, I'm happy to say that I have offers that give me more than triple of that. Um, but um, yeah, it doesn't always work out. The, the huge right. amounts of money sometimes doesn't weight up to the sacrifice that you have to make. Right. Um, so yeah. Because it's, it's sacrificing a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of... Maybe... Sometimes it's even more. Sometimes they ask you to move to certain countries right. to live there, right. um, to, to give up on your studies or whatever you're doing, to give up on other work that you are doing. Um, and that's mainly, it's not necessarily as a FIFA coach, but sometimes as a manager that will also fungerate as a coach. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's it, it, it really depends. Uh, I had offers from f 50 euros a month to uh, 8,000 a month. So right. it's, it's really... It's really broad. It's a very volatile market, you would say. Very volatile. Uh, where exactly. where can people? Because uh, you already said you you charge stuff. Uh, where where can people find you? They can just go to mrdory.com, my right. website. That's the fun part about being somebody that did computer science. I mean, my own website. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good. It's clear. I went to the website because I actually knew where to find you. I, as you can see under your name, your website now appeared. Um, I actually knew where to, to find you, but it's a very clear website. Uh, I, I, that's what I like about your website. It just says who you are, what you do, who you did it for, and what you charge. Easy as don't that. need anything. No, don't need anything more. It doesn't. It's the easiest need... way to go about it. Exactly. And if they want to see what you've done, they can go to YouTube. They can go to you know. They will find you on the social networks. You're very well uh, represented. Um, as of now, you're also doing an inter internship at uh, Kaiser. Actually, the channel we're on right now. What can you tell us about that? So I'm finishing my bachelor in marketing communication one part of that is doing a five weeks internship and mr nazar kebab was the one that uh, already brought it to my attention like if you want to do your internship at kaiser just holla at me um that was during the buffet in kortrijk <laughs> all right <laughs> uh, <laughs> we had some, we had some fun we had some fun times already <laughs> um but um but yeah um It's, it's gaming, it's marketing, it's a bit of IT with Strive Cloud next to it too. So there is like IT too. Um, and it all like theaters down in every single aspect of my interests. Um, right now, if you go into the social media of Kaiser uh, GG, it will be mostly me that replies to you or that makes the wannabe memes that tries to be funny with the bad dad jokes. That's that's basically me. The Ben Krabbe uh, memes were pretty funny. I hope they were yours. Oh, yeah. The, there was one I did one with Ben Krabbe the one with the victory royale I don't ah, know that's if you a saw good that one. one yeah I saw that one that was one, that one was good with the thing he, he, uh, he throws up yeah yeah, yeah. Was, I, I laughed with that one that, that, that was mine <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh, 
uh no but like in general it's it's social media stuff it's uh the mailings from kaiser for me too it's uh bringing new ideas to kaiser because in the end i am a bit invested into the esports scene already so it's given a bit of my idea my insight in it what works what doesn't work um and hopefully it will pay off in the grand scheme of things mm -hmm. in five weeks normally this is the second week that will end today so three more weeks and then uh uh, then we go back to the usual stuff <laughs> but i guess it's kind of cool to work for kaiser as an intern because you get to do this which is like really <laughs> i don't know i don't think any intern can say like hey i was on a podcast for 146 people uh talking about my passion and about my job it's i think it's really it's pretty cool right it's not the worst place to be exactly um, <laughs> I was given this the same opportunity with other. Uh, it's not necessarily podcast. It was on television where I had to explain this, and I was like, "Never mind. It's all good. We're not going to do that." <laughs> uh, it, it, because in, at Proximus, they asked it too to do my internship there. And once again, like uh, Chippen said, it's just about knowing, um, right? People. Just about knowing the right people, and yeah. then they see what you're worth, what you can do, and then they might give you an opportunity, even though you don't have the necessary requirements specifically for that one. Um, sometimes it's just like having the luck of knowing somebody that saw something in you and gives you a chance. So yeah, that's right. Big thanks to all the guys. I think that's also a very because uh, I know you stream as well, and um, you have quite a big channel. I think you have like fifteen hundred followers or something, um, if I remember correctly. And and I think that's also one of the prerequisites. You can be a very good streamer, but to go, you know, that kind of community you have to know a lot of people you just have to get the right connections in so that it people notice you because it's not always quality you also have to have a little bit of the luck a little bit of the setup a little bit of the the um, the right people that that kind of point in your direction like go go watch this guy he's he's, he's good he's and and i think that's very important and um the fact that you're at kaiser right now illustrates it uh, illustrates the story you just told us uh, in the three tips is know the right people and know a lot of people because it will help you. Yeah, that's the look that I have a bit as I'm pretty known. Like if there is a FIFA pro, anybody, and you'll tell me, I'll probably know who it is and I'll probably worked with him or like talk to him at least. Right. Um, and the fun part is that some of these guys, like Julian that just came in the chat just to, just to say hi, whether that's just like a little support on television, whether it's here, whether it's on social media, um, but also on stream, I'll, I'll be streaming and I, normally I average about, what is it, 15 to 25 viewers, something like that, which is not much, but I don't stream much. I stream occasionally and I stream like for two hours and then I'm done because I don't have the time nor the discipline right now to, to, to really build those streaming schedules. Uh, maybe it's something for the future, but they will come in with hosts with 200, 300, 400 people or like if they're on their top with 2K people it's it's crazy for me to have like the support from these kind of guys whether whilst i just see myself as a guy doing his just freewheeling basically like yeah. I, there's no plan behind it really for me it's just well, i'm doing what i like and i do it when i like it and just that's winging it. it yeah just winging <laughs> it obviously that, that, that's my model just wing it just wing it man um make it till you make it there well i think you're right in, in a lot of aspects it is it is what it is and you kind of learn along the way uh or you learn more along the way by just doing it um than just thinking about it being like okay maybe if i get to be the best i could maybe do this and no you just just go for it and even if you're not the best you'll 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 become the best if you're supposed to be i think um 
if, if you're okay with that, we're going to go into more specific questions now um, yes. about FIFA and esports. Um, why, to you, is FIFA more popular than Pro Evolution Soccer? Uh, purists, because there's there are a lot of purists that claim to believe that PES is the more detailed and unscripted gameplay. But what are your thoughts on that as a FIFA coach? Well, uh, I'm going to say this without any. Um love for both of games because FIFA is a bad game this year once again it's been bad for the last three years um, and you can ask every single person that is working on it as much as I do and or even more than I do and they tell you the same thing it's a bad game it has been bad for a few years now that's also the, the part of having competitive gameplay There, I, I don't know anybody that plays competitively that says like oh we have a good game you talk to Fortnite guys they say Fortnite is shit they say the ping is bad I, I just glitch through walls you talk to people that play League of Legends professionally they'll say like oh it's so bad it's so time like this is not good or that is not good or the farming went wrong or this uh, pers- um, character is too OP uh, you talk to people that play COD they talk about the guns that are too OP like everybody has the things that they complain about everybody that's right they- it's not a single game that is good but in some way i feel like fifa is in an ecosystem right now whereas being a player actually costs a lot of money that's one mm-hmm. you have to pay to be a competitive player because um we are working on a version called ultimate team <clears throat> uh, you have to build your own dream team and then compete with that but somebody will have yari versaro with doku and the gate ladder and another p- person will have uh, cristiano ronaldo with uh, ronaldo lima and messi and I don't know who else, like Vieira or Maldini. Like, it's not fair. Somebody will spend money and get a better team than somebody else. And you're actually working in a pay-to-win structure, um, Mm -hmm. which is already not healthy. But it is what it is, I think. There's not much we can change about it right now. But therefore, in general, FIFA in that kind has built an esports better than PES has done with better commercials, with better licenses, because... If you if you played PES around the year 2005, 2006, they were like head-to-head with FIFA at that time. People would jump from PES to FIFA and from FIFA to PES all the time, every single year. There would be no issue. But at a certain time, what EA did was they just inv- invested massively into buying every single license. So Liverpool would not be called Liverpool or PES. They would be called, uh, they would be called what is it, uh, Reds, the Reds, uh, yeah. or like... Uh, Chelsea would be called the uh, London Blue because they don't that. have the, they don't have the rights to the names and to the to the logos from the club. So um, at that point, EA was clear and they just took that and they just kept pushing it, starting with Ultimate Team, building Ultimate Team Diversion, which is very addictive. Best um, came in with My Club, which is kind of similar, um, and then from there on, you just saw that EA had to, the advantage and they just kept growing it by doing more and more and more, getting footballers involved, getting like influencers involved and streamers. And people would just like, because it's the bigger game, it's the hyped game, people would just buy it. Whereas PES is made in Asia. So they yeah. focus somewhat more on an Asian market. But right now they are starting to see, like the, the last three years, I think, is starting to see that the European and the American market is actually a very good market to open up to too. Um, so yeah, it's it's really... FIFA is the better game, as in everything around it. It's the more complete game. Yeah. Whereas PES maybe has some advantages in gameplay, but it's it's so so much shorter. Uh, one half time is three minutes, whereas in FIFA it's six minutes, so you only have half the time. But the action is not necessarily faster. The the gameplay is not necessarily better. 
So it's just really one of those where people are just used to PES, so they uh, used to FIFA, so they just buy FIFA again. Uh, I think we have the same in buying Nutella. People buy Nutella because they are supposed to buy Nutella. Yeah. And everybody buys Nutella, so why would I buy something else? Yeah, right. But if we would really go to the core, we would find a few differences in tastes, but it would basically be the same. But we'll just be like, oh, no, no, Nutella is better because I always buy Nutella. All right. So you feel that it's more of a brand thing than it is a quality thing. There is differences. Obviously, some things are better than others. But of uh, in the end, I think it's it's, They're it's, both good it's pretty close. They're, They're pro- both bad games. Both bad games, all right. <laughs> Trust uh, me on that. Uh, what do we have here? It's more popular because you can play with your heroes, so that's exactly what you said. Uh, Senpai says it's the same with sim racing. They know the sim engine so good that they notice the bad things. Um, I think I think every game where someone is passionate about it will have that aspect to it. Uh, that like like uh, Mr. Dory said. Uh, first, I thought it was my controller that made me suck at FIFA so hard, but now I know it's the engine. Oh, okay. For me, it's the same. Um, I thought I was bad at all all the games, but it's my it's uh, it's not my keyboard. It's not me. It's it's just the engine. Uh, no. Um, um, are there moves or tactics that rule the current competitive FIFA game, or and how are there how hard are they to learn? Is there like some meta in it? I'm just going to do this. This is all you have to know when you want to be, be a competitive FIFA player. Oh, is this something... Is that like a, a special... Double, double tap R1. That's okay. all you have to know. Oh, double tap. Yeah, R1 it is. That's a bridge. Basically, uh-huh. what it does is it pushes the ball forward from your, fo- from your foot and gives you a little bit of speed boost. The funny thing is EA actually made it so that the defender that's trying to defend it freezes so they don't move for like half a second. Oh, wow. <laughs> So people just pass by it and you see it all the time. It's the one thing that it just keeps popping up and it's horrible. I, I'm one of those guys. I love doing skills and like moves and everything. But uh, people will call themselves skillers and they will do just that. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it's so easy because in the end, it's a double tap on a controller. It's it's all you have to do. You don't have to time it correctly or like most of the times you don't have to time it correctly. Um, it's very easy to pick up. Um and that's maybe the worst part about it. The skill gap this year in FIFA again is like very small, mm-hmm. at least at the top players. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about Freak against me or like Freak against you. Obviously, there is skill gap, but the skill gap is not necessarily in the, the things where the skill gap should be. Let's yeah. just put it like that. Um, Do you feel like that's isn't... a bug or is that uh, a thing that should be in there? It shouldn't be in there. Okay. It's a bug, but EA knows about it. They have tried to fix it. They couldn't fix it. They can't fix uh, it. If even more they just made it worse because they fix this and then they make something else bad again bad, so yeah. it's 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 a non-ending cycle because in the end and that's something i've i've actually talked with ea about this already um they make fifa every single year they make a new fifa yeah every single year yeah. again we start with so many bugs in the game they try to fix them they patch like five bucks they get three new bucks again they try to fix those three bugs. They they get two new bugs again. Like it, it's just a never-ending cycle. That's whereas right. if we would get like a, a yearly update, for example, whereas we we have a base game, and every single year everything would be changed, um, as in like the new shirts will be introduced, the new badges will be in there, the player faces will be added, but the game mechanics and the game structure will still be the same. Will be solid. I think 
that would be solid because we could actually work with the same game and keep going and patch the, the things that are bad. Same thing League of Legends did. Imagine League of Legends would come with a new game every single year. It would be horrible, yeah. True. Because they don't every have time. Year. Exactly. Every single year you have to adapt yourself, but in the meantime you have to do the same. You have to... How do you say it? So you have to fix your game that you already released, and in the same time you have to work on the game that has to be released. That's right. Like, that can, it, it's it cannot not work. possible. That's it right. It cannot work. Um, they have... But of course, I think I think the 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 problem with that is money, because a yeah, DLC will money. cost less than a full game. It's all about the hype, even because what I got from an answer was that uh, in the end, for EA, it's uh, all about their uh, like at EA itself. I think they kind of see what what we were trying to say because it was not just me. We were like with a big group talking, um, but it's really about the stakeholders that are not going to be happy with that. The decisions above above them. That'll yeah. be made, and they are like, no, we cannot do that. Has to be a new game every single year, um, and they reuse code. I know there's coding in FIFA 21 that stems back from FIFA 12. Oh wow! Uh, the same coding, and that's why you get weird collisions and weird bounces of the ball. It's just because the code is like the code of FIFA 12 was on a different engine, so they had All to right. tra translate that code into yeah. the new engine. <laughs> how can it's you translate it seven times yeah, yeah. You, you, you can't do that it's but it's a little part and they don't have time to rewrite it completely so they have to translate it so in the end you will have bugs because the code is trying to read it but it's not used to it so it will take a little bit longer to to translate it and when it's translated it, it might not work completely with the, with the with the normal stuff that is in there already so we just have this repetitive thing that keeps going and for me it's just like something i've learned in uh, business process improvement is if it's not working, especially like in an ERP system or like a, a big system that has a lot of components, is start again from the start. Start from scratch. Right. It's going to save you so much money and so much time in the grand end. But yeah, it is what it is. Do you feel there is place for um, another company to make a new, totally new football game uh, without the license, licenses, obviously? Because that's the problem with FIFA is that well, it's called FIFA, <laughs> and they hold the FIFA licenses, basically. But do you imagine that there would be place in the esports or in just the video game scene for a very passionate um, soccer game where they would take all these technicalities into account and maybe make a game that listens to the fans? Or do you still feel people will still go for that Nutella uh, FIFA kind of thing they're always gonna have a uh, uh, they always want to dip their toe into something else they just want to taste what it's like in the in, in the non-branded ones um, and if it would be 10 times better people would be playing it i think um and also if they see professional players move on if they see content creators move on the the real timmies would be going over too um but the licensing that's a funny part so they have the name FIFA, that's the name, right? Mm -hmm. But the licenses in-game are different. Say, for example, Juventus is part of the FIFA structure, mm -hmm. but it's not in FIFA, the game. Oh. Because Juventus has a direct partnership with Konami. So All right. in, in PES, they are called Juventus. They are on the cover. They have like a partnership. But in FIFA, they are called Pimento Calcio. Okay. They don't have their official shirts in-game. They just have like generic ones they don't have the badging game they don't have like a speaker speaking the, the the juventus name it's all pimento calcio and the players are the real ones because they are signed to fifth pro and fifth pro is part of fifa so wow it's all about like the structures and like uh, there has been a big 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 fight about it um ibrahimovic i don't know if you know him but oh, yeah, i yeah. assume you do of course um 
he was like, uh, I've never given you insight to use my name on FIFA. Uh, but he signed to FIFPRO and FIFPRO is part of FIFA. So in the end, it's, it, he, they do have the right to do that. But uh, when it comes to club, if, if club, clubs, if a club have a direct connection with EA, so uh, Juventus, as Roma, uh, I'm thinking of other Boca Juniors, um, there's a few clubs and they have like a direct line with EA, then they cannot be in the game with a pattern name. Wow. They need to have a generic one. All right. Um, so any so, any any AAA company could make a game, but they would have to do like Pro Evolution Soccer has done, rename everything to like the Red Devils will become the the Blue Belgians or something like that. Yeah, uh, the Red Belgians, for example. Or they'll have to just cough up a shit ton of money and pay every every single just pay everyone club. off. Yeah, exactly. Right. So that so, would be an option. Money, money would would always be an issue uh, if they would have to make. Uh, and I think I think that's that's the problem with that is that no AAA will try to go head first with you know the two biggest ones because it's just probably not worth it. It's it's too hard. You need an enormous amount of investment to do it. But if you would make a game, and I can say that hand on heart, if somebody makes a game that is actually better than FIFA and PES and they start having it people will start to invest in it because yeah. they see that it has a bigger opportunity and there is so many people that play fifa and if we look i don't know the numbers somebody sent them not so long ago to me actually i can i can pull them up pretty quickly because i remember who sent them and it was like a few days ago the amount of money ea made this year while we're uh, talking about yeah. that I'll, i'll go to chat um People are saying back to PlayStation One. This is football. I've played. Play, this is football. I was actually a playtester for uh, This is Football 2002 on uh, the PlayStation Two. I don't know why, because I I know absolutely nothing of, of football, and I didn't know anything about football back then. But uh, I got sent a copy just to uh, to give my review on it, and uh, I I thought it was good. This is football was was actually not bad. It had no. net play. Uh, it was good. Yeah, it was. It wasn't bad. It wasn't a bad game. Uh, I, does it still exist though? I don't think so. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, I just pulled up the numbers. So in FIFA, in FIFA 20, uh, in 2015, the, in the Ultimate Team, they gained 587 million dollars from Ultimate Team in one year. That's insane. 2016 went to 660. 17 was 775, and then from 2018, 19, and 20, we went to 1.1 billion dollars that's insane <laughs> and in 2020 we're talking about one and a half billion dollars from ultimate team only yeah so that's, that's more that's probably only... than the sales so the sales are not even included in because we're talking about uh, ultimate team the game is 60 euro <laughs> and to have one player <laughs> fifa that that's actually a joke but it's not true it's even way more uh, that's why there was a big scandal about ea employers were selling players employers of ea were selling fifa players in game oh wow to players yeah and that's they'd be charging a thousand five hundred euros for five players that's Imagine insane five players. that's insane yeah that's really paid to win um what else uh, did i have as questions i see there's some questions in chat that i that i kind of already have in my list so um let's see what what's the most important uh skill uh you feel as a uh coach or or, or 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 like what is the most important strategy uh that you need to have as a fifa coach is or and how impactful is it actually on the quality of the player i think uh being empathic mm -hmm. just knowing when to speak to somebody and when knowing when to let them leave them alone and just let them do their thing right is uh very important 
um, and how it helps. I think and that's all on the person. So, some people don't have a mentality, have a strong mentality. Other people have a strong mentality and it's just like they need a bit of tweaking on the day itself. Uh, when I go back to, to tournaments I went to, uh, I went with Gilles Bernard, who's now a player of Kaersi Henk. Um, we, he was back in the day was he esporter for Lille, the French club. And he had to go to the French championship and I went with him. That was my first tournament. And when we arrived there, um, when we were watching, like everybody would be like pro, like typical. You're in France, you're playing the French championship, and there is a Belgian dude. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you, you know how that's going to go. Yeah, like yeah, the yeah. French people are all rooting for the French guys. Exactly. We come in there, the first game we went five or six nil. Uh, and that was like a statement that we made straight away like, we're not here to play around, we're here to beat you all. And um, at a certain time, I think quarterfinals, we are playing against Lyon. Yeah, it was against Lyon. No, yeah, no, it was PSG. All right, right. Round of 16 was Lyon. Uh, he was losing 1 0, eventually won. And you could just tell, like, the moment he scored, everybody was like, um, when the French players scored, they were like, let's go, come on, Vazi, come on. And uh, when Gilles scored, they were like still clapping and were like, good, but it was not the same thing. Yeah. Then P PSG came, and I remember Gilles was leading to, uh, was uh, down 2 1, and they were all like, let's go, come on. And Gilles scored like pretty late in the game, and I just jumped up and I was like, "Wow, come on, let's go!" To the whole crowd, like, <laughs> now what? Yeah. And that's something that he needs because that gives him. He's he's more of a like calm and like a a, a more timid guy. Mm. And when I'm there yelling and like screaming, it gives him. I have the feeling at least that it gives him like some sort of spark, some Extra sort of energy. energy. Like somebody is like just yelling and rooting for me. Rooting for him. And I think that works. And I did the same thing in Paris when I was there with him for a, a, a foot cup, which is like the best 32 players on each console are there. He qualified for that too. Round of 16 again, he played against a Swedish guy who was just sitting like right behind us. And when he scored, it was 1-1. One, one, uh, it was 1-0 for them. They were like yelling like, let's go, come on. But they are right behind us. So we heard it. I saw it. He had his headset on, so he didn't like quite hear it. But then the second time, Gilles scores 1-1 one, one, and I stand up and I start yelling for the whole uh, for the whole room and even the room next to us, they heard that I was screaming. <laughs> so somebody came to check in if everything was all right. <laughs> are, are you guys okay? Is somebody dying here? Did you fall off his chair? <laughs> and everybody, so everybody's playing their round and you could actually see them like, you know, when they're playing and they're like, what happened there? <laughs> like they, they, they're watching over the screen like, oh, what, what happened? But they are in the middle of the game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so that's like really I it was trying to push push him um to to, to do better and to that's better. one way to go about it and if he's like already somebody like that like Brazilian players are like that they are like very vocal then you might need somebody that either goes with you or is like more calm and be like yo sit down it's chill we got right. this so empathy empathy is really uh is really important um uh, if somebody would pick up uh, fifa competitively right now what would your um what would your like best tip be and also what are the, the skills that are necessary to pick it up competitively there's three things first of all you need to be good at the game right. you need to understand you need to understand the game otherwise i wouldn't even suggest you touch fifa professionally or like competitively um, you need to understand the game you need to know which skills work best that's something you have to search for yourself you can find on youtube videos social media streams of other people so that's why watching it is actually a good idea next to that second thing is building connections because there is so many players and i'm telling you there's so many players that are so good but they cannot get it into a club or they cannot get signed by a club just because 
there is limited spaces. Right. And if some better known name or as better in marketing themselves, then they are going to get a chance before you, although you are probably better than that other guy. Like, so if you want to do that, all I can say is like, start to stream, start to build the channel, start to build like a brand for yourself and name for yourself. So people know who you are. And at the moment that there is an opportunity that they need somebody, they might take you into consideration. And maybe they say like, you know what, just play a few games against each other and we'll see who's the best of you two. That's how sometimes it works, like right. playing almost. And then you get the chance to represent yourself and show that you're worth it. But if they don't know who you are, they might not invite you or they not, might not ask you to, to do that. And you might not get a chance. So um, yeah, try to build a name for yourself. Try to um, learn how the game works. And then third of all, is just try to get, get an amount of money to back yourself. And I know that's right. sad to say, it's so bad to say that, but... It is just how it is. Uh, if you don't spend 2,000 euros at the start of the game, uh, you're in a disadvantage. Even if you're not spending, uh, if you're spending less than 3,000, you're in a disadvantage. Right. It's not necessarily needed to pay that amount of money. But if you want to make it really pro and compete that year, uh, even if you're the best player around, if you don't invest that 2K, it's going to be very hard to be like on top of the world. Um, and that's just the sad truth. All right. So I, I, I hear a lot of similarities between... Uh, the qualities a coach needs and uh, the qualities a player needs. Um, so that's that's very interesting that a, a coach and a player kind of have the same paths, but they kind of diverge on the, on the amount of time and money they have to invest into the game uh, in different ways, I would say. Yeah, I think, I think everybody can, uh, every pro player can be a coach, mm -hmm. but they will need to learn how to speak to somebody, how right. to like talk, talk into somebody. To be a good teacher. Different. Yes, to be a teacher. Um, and I think the difference between a pro player and a coach is usually the, 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 the speed of execution. Like right. for me personally, I just, sometimes I'm, I'm sitting there and I play against the, the pros and I'm like, I had no idea this was coming. Like I never saw that. I couldn't, my brain couldn't analyze quickly enough what was going to happen when you're an analyst you can press pause you can watch whatever's happening and you can like right. you have your time to watch but as a player you don't have that time you have to make your decisions in this yeah microseconds like in a split second you have to make that decision and as an analyst it might be easy to say afterwards like oh yeah you had to do this and that but you have to have that empathy to know at that point in that game how can i think about that is there a possibility that i actually saw that right so i think there's a difference between speed uh, mainly that can make like a coach a pro um and second of all is like i think a, co a player can be a coach if they know how to teach and how to speak to somebody and speak into them then i think they they would be able to to help people too right um so do you, uh, we talked about it a little bit um i got one question in chat that we, we could go to uh quickly uh who is the best you or aurelino and nazar kebab asks maybe you can give us some context <laughs> no i don't no. want to talk about this anymore oh, no, problem. Uh, um, no 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 it's, it's, it's just it's just it's an inside it's an inside joke oh okay okay but let's not let's not get into that please no problem <laughs> not no problem. again um we talked about it a little bit but what do you feel is because you, you we actually talk about mindset a lot um in in the because all the things you said are part of the mindset uh, what do you feel is a mi winning mindset to you and what are the best ways to develop it uh, as a player um, or as a coach? I, I, I feel that both are very different things, very different mindsets. You, 
I think you need to diversify. If you're only gonna, if you stand up and the only thing you're gonna do is watch FIFA, and the only thing you're gonna do when you end your the day is FIFA, then you have an issue. Mm-hmm. I think you need things next to it, just like in every single thing. It, you have to treat it as a job. In right. that kind, if you get paid to do it as a job, then you have to treat it as a job too. Yep. Right. You have to work 24-7 on the same thing. The grind, as people say, it's not a grind if you played five days a day, eight hours, uh, eight hours, uh, sorry, eight hours a day for five days a week. That's not a grind. Right. That That's not going to help you. No. You need to search like, what am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? And be more smart with the time that you invest in it. And then next to that, I would say, for example, try to find yourself a hobby, whether that's like working out with something that is like active, working out, learning how to paddle or tennis or whatever, cricket, um, just something that you do next to it. Because if you're just going to be sitting at home the whole day, um, you're going to feel like you're uh, you're going to burn out. And eventually, you're just going to burn out. That's that's basically it. That's um, right. So you, you need something next to that. Uh, I'm I'm a bad example of that because <laughs> uh, right now with school that's that's by screens. Uh, internship is by is is everything like we hook to a screen. Analyzing coaching is on the screen. When I do my expert work, that's on the screen. Uh, and next to that, there's very little time left in the day. Um, I start my days around nine a.m. and I'll be done by uh, around eight. Mm-hmm. And at eight, I can eat because uh, it's ramadan so yeah after that you're just dead so what you're gonna do is you're gonna sit in the in the couch with your family watch something and then go to bed right. so in the in the end i'm not the perfect example for it but i know what i should do to to become better but right. at this time just i can't i can't make it work with everything i'm doing uh the moment one thing drops that's the moment when i can start doing that again i i've i've known a, uh, a couple of um high level uh esport players and and also uh high level just you know sport sports people and they always say the same as well like um uh, uh how do you say it in latin again uh, a, a healthy mind and a healthy body uh corpore no it's um it's that's the other way around yeah, yeah, yeah and, and, like and they say like um your sport is very important and you should you should uh invest a lot of time in it but also having a good walk or having just a little bit of time off and time to blow uh, steam off is also part of that winning mindset because it will all mensana in corpore sano. All right, we got it. There we go. <laughs> Great. Um, so that, that's really cool that you that you uh, that you speak out on that as well because that's very important. Um, just a small question for me: How do you handle tilt with players? Because <laughs> that's a very difficult thing, I think. That's a very difficult thing, and I remember one time uh, you were playing in the playoffs in Berlin, which is like the second biggest tournament you can go to. Um, and Gilles was playing against a, a Danish guy, Aga Rosemeyer, a former world champion, like 2006 or something, who's been around for ages. Wow. It's the 93rd or 92nd minute. Gilles is on the opponent's half at the corner, and what he does is he wants to kick the ball away but he does something bad and it goes over the line. So he gets a throw in the opponent. The opponent kicks it forward, gets on the wing, crosses it in. There's a player waiting in the middle who wants to shoot. She wants to tackle him, but presses the wrong button because of stress. It's last second. And he tackles him, but like um, sliding tackle. Yeah, so card. 94th minute penalty, red card. Holy crap. But if it, you, you three, two or one, two up, 
if you if he scores that penalty, you go into extra time. You don't have a defender anymore. You're ten against eleven. You were winning. You were so close to winning. Yeah. And now and now you have to save that penalty. And I remember he was standing up. He jumped up. He's a very timid guy. He doesn't speak that much. He's like he's not one of those guys that is just yelling and everything. Yeah. He jumped up. He threw his controller on the table, and the penalty was just given. So he just had like three, four seconds. And at that time, you need to like calm him down yeah. in three seconds to be ready and focused to save that penalty, which he eventually did. He did save that penalty. Wow. Okay. Good. Good. Good, <laughs> good ending. <laughs> so, which sent him true to the. It was a game for the knockout. So if he won, he was true to the knockouts. If he lost, he had to play another game, yeah. another another shot to go to the knockouts. So and if he lost stress. that again, he was out. High stress because that's where you came for right you wanted to get into those knockouts top 16 and he needed to get a semi-final to go to the world cup which right. he didn't get oh but in yeah <laughs> but still in, still still a good uh yeah, he was top 16 in the world exactly what can you ask um so yeah he's sitting there he's throwing his control and at that time i have three seconds to talk into him get him back on his on his chair and get him like full focus what do you say like, yeah it's that's different once again it depends on the player for him it was just i had to say like yo breed because that's a very important one uh people underestimate that but breeding exercises are so important uh i actually had to read into it because i didn't know it myself um but telling the player to breed makes them actually already semi in their head like even if they don't want to listen to you yeah they just they're do already it. like it when i say that when you see somebody young yeah you have to yawn, even though you know you don't have to yawn. You just see somebody That's do right. it, so you, so you do it yourself. Even talking Same. about it is hard. <laughs> so, so when I say breed, what's your bread? And then he's just like, even though he doesn't want to listen, he's like angry at that point. He just like, he, it's the little snap in his mind and his brain is like immediately watching his bread. And then the moment you start watching your bread and uh, there's certain techniques that will help you like calm you down. Uh, but we didn't have the time for that because they take 30 seconds. Yeah. It's something that the Navy SEALs does. The Navy SEAL do. Cool. But, uh, what is that? Don't what, have, tell us about it. Block, yeah, it's called block breathing. So basically you breathe in for, for four seconds. Then you hold your, sec your, your breath for four seconds again. And then you breathe out for four seconds. And you hold that. Yeah, how do you say it? It's not holding the, 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 the breathing out for four seconds again. And it's a block. So breathe in. Keep it. Breathe out. Keep it. Breathe, breathe in. in all right and there we go so it's 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 a block structure and the moment you do that you you can lower your heart rate so low that people can go into like i'm not saying coma but like they can go uh unconscious because of it um oh. that is if you do it too long yeah yeah but if you do it like two three times it's good to like calm you down and then you're like ready to go um but that's a technique that you can use or like the the yeah, so yeah. You, you breathe actually like yeah like, like, like that. Uh, pout, pouting your mouth, yeah. Exactly, that's the one I was looking for. <laughs> but if you do it like that, once again, uh, it helps you like calm down way quicker. And you go from a high high heart rate to a, a lower heart rate. And in the end, that's the most important thing that you can have. So uh, saying that to him and being like, calm, you're going to save this one. I, have, I believe in you. And he was asking me, where should I go? Where should I go? And I said like, trust yourself, trust your gut. And he, that was the fun part. So he kicked it in the middle because it's last minute. And as an opponent, it's always hard to like pick a corner because you're just gonna feel like shit. You go for the safe option, which is down the middle. That's then psychology, which coach has to know too and a player too. Right. Uh, so what he did basically was he baited him into moving to one side of the goalkeeper before he kicked, and then jumped to the other side, 
Um, well, that's why he. So at that point, say for example, you go to the right hand side and then you jump left. You cover the middle and you cover some part of the left side. Right. So he has like very little, a very little exactly. place to uh, to get the oh, ball. Oh, he in. has to. Oh, he has to shoot on the side where he jumped from. Where you jump um, from? Yeah. Exactly. But that's just so, bad luck. Exactly. So you. So it's it's just mind games at that point. Right. And having him calm down at that point was crucial because he could just like get his stuff and yeah he saved it that's the way he saved it because he went down the middle um and that sent him through to the next round and uh i've seen that a few times because he has missed some big opportunities too he was one game away from being in the e-champions league he was one game away from uh going to singapore Uh, he lost the last game for that there's another tournament where he lost like the last game once again so it was like three times that he was so close to like qualifying for a big event um which didn't work and right now if he has he has the word singapore he's still like a bit triggered about it <laughs> which i don't blame him for of course because it's it's a bad memory but like um no, but honestly, learned something from it though well it, yes and no because in the end he, he was rigged one of those games like legit just rigged mm-hmm. um yeah, ninety fourth minute is a bad minute to yeah, to, to lose it's, the ball. Yeah, it's in. a bad time. That's right. How would you describe a, a typical FIFA player, or do you feel that there's no no such thing? Because there is, there are a lot of talks, from, especially from people that do not know FIFA, that kind of think like there's a stereotypical FIFA player. Um, I don't know if you've heard about that, but what do you think about that? I haven't heard of it. I hope at least it's oh, or, or at least if it's the memes with the same shirt again that they get every single year. Right. Uh, wow, look, FIFA 21, and then you see like the same shirt that he's wearing already with FIFA 20 on there. Exactly. It's <laughs> kind of like that's that's one of the stereotypes. Or do you feel that because you know a lot of FIFA players are they all very different, or do you feel that there's kind of a a prerequisite of being uh, interested in in soccer or being from some sort of you know sports background or do you feel that there's so many different people this there's just so many different people like i said this game is uh all over the world there are millions of people that play it some are really interested in football others are not that interested in football they are more about the gaming part uh, that's the fun part about having fifa it's it's a game but in the same time, it's about a sport. So if you're interested in the sport, you might be interested in the game. If you're interested in gaming, you might be interested in the game itself too. So they have like multiple streams coming in of people. Um, there's no like stereotypical, typical guy, I think in FIFA. Right. Um, maybe I would just say like the, the, the guys I see most now is like the 70, 80 year old guys that are just playing at home with their friends, having a laugh, having a crack. Um, yeah, the guys that are interested in sports usually are interested in FIFA too. All right. Most of the time. Not always, but like most of the times. But even professional footballers, you see, are very interested in FIFA. Right. Um, how many hours? That's that's a really easy one. How many hours do you think you have put in uh, into FIFA yourself? Just playing? All the FIFAs or just this one? <laughs> Let's say this one. Let's say this one. Because all the this FIFAs, one. I think okay. that's really hard to, to count, it's, right? It's really hard to count. But let's say I have about 500 games this year. With 15 minutes a game. Um, okay, that's 7,500 minutes this year alone. Divided by 60, so 125 hours plus the games that don't record, like on your record. So, say about give and take about 200 hours this year. 200 hours just this year. So, and it's only since, since October. Since yeah. October. Oh, since October. Okay. Um, is that a lot or, or not that much? That's not that much. What would a pro player have? 
uh, normal pro players are right now we're about a thousand so double of what i have that's yeah that's a lot um now that we're talking about the, the fifa esports scene uh by, about pro players um the fifa scene is i think not as big as league of legends or counter-strike uh why do you feel that is and what could fifa do to grow in the esports scene so first of all it's not it's it, it is big the fifa scene is big but it's not the, the the way people say it it's not as big as league of legends it's just that it's not as big in money terms uh in fifa 20 uh, in um, like if you compare the price pool of uh, winning league of legends uh the the worlds versus winning the World Cup in FIFA. The World Cup in FIFA was two hundred and fifty thousand dollars last year for the winner. Right. Wow. That's that's a lot of money, but it's not the same as winning the Fortnite World Cup, where there was three million. Right. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, in the end, if we look at it like that, um, I would say that that might be a difference the money already. But if we look at the the, the game that is being played, or like the the yeah, how do it, it's hard it's hard to explain because the real issue lies in the fact that everybody thinks they are a competitive player. Everybody thinks that they are good at FIFA. Everybody thinks that they can like compete and a pro is the only difference between them and a pro is just a team. That's what, how a lot of people think. Uh, I can tell to my, talk to my friends and they'll play FIFA like a lot, even sometimes more than me, but they are nowhere near competitive level. And they would say like, Oh, the only difference why I don't win against that guy is because of, is because of the team that I don't have. And they have, they invested way more money. So you give people some sort of like excuse to say why they are bad. If right. we see that in League of Legends, they are going to say like, oh, my team is just bad. If I were at the team, if I were playing with G2, or if I were playing with uh, with Fnatic, I would be balling. I would be so good again. Like that that's just the way that I see it. Um, they're always going to search for like some sort of excuse why they are not good. And in FIFA... It's besides team. There's not many things that they can say besides being I've been rigged. The game is with him. The game wants him to win. There's momentum. There's scripting. Uh, all those kind of things. But right. uh, yeah, it's just too easy to get into the FIFA pro scene. And, uh, like to get into it, but not to become a pro. But like to get into the FIFA esports scene, it's so easy. Uh, and that's I think is the, is the real issue that we have right here because there is it's hard to diversify a real pro from one of the guys that just call themselves pro yeah definitely um, and in league of legends there's, there's like a bigger gap and i think that's kind of like the marketing that ea wants to be fair they want people to think that if they spend enough enough money they can become pro pro yeah so they would spend money on the game right uh they even marketed it like that they are big are you going to be the next dh text uh like one of the best players in the world wow. are you going to be exosari are you going to be uh, try to try your luck in for champions which is the competitive mode that's open for everybody yeah um, and see how well you perform so they are basically just saying like everybody can become a pro yeah yeah that's that's well i think that's a good way to sell a lot of stuff um nazar kebab says really hate it when noobs think they're a pro like me uh that's a bit toxic but um i i, I think what do you think about uh, that's that's also a question of mine in in league of legends there is a a very clear um way that riot handled hand riot handles toxic behavior um fifa is notoriously known such as call of duty 
uh, and uh, League of Legends in the beginning, Heroes of Storm, all those competitive games, Counter-Strike as well, to be kind of, there is a big part of toxic community. Um, how do you feel, how does a player, first of all, how does a player needs to ha need to handle that? And second of all, what do you feel could solve that? So first of all, I think uh, to say that FIFA is a toxic community is kind of right. That's mm -hmm. the online community. But if you're talking about your real pro players, they cannot be toxic. Right. There was somebody that said something on a stream. I'm not going to repeat it just for... Uh, yeah, TOS. Uh... To, yeah, TOS. But it was something with his mom. It had something to do with his mom. Mm -hmm. And he got banned for that for a whole year. Wow. Uh, okay. By EA. But that's because they signed a, a Weaver. They signed a competitive deal with EA. The yep. moment you become... So for, for that, I, I might need to explain like how the system works. You play a competitive mode, which is called Weekend League. Every single weekend, we have 30 games of competitive game that you can play. And the moment you hit 27 out of 30, that's the moment that you become a verified player for EA, which means that you are eligible to be a competitive player. Wow, okay. The moment you hit that 27 out of 30, um, that's when you have to sign in on the rules. And of the rules is I'm not toxic to other people yeah. uh, on, full, on full discretion of EA. Uh, I'm not going to buy coins from third party. I'm only going to buy uh, points from from EA. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to let anybody play on my account. All those kind of rules are in there. Right. Um, the moment you breach one of those rules, you're already getting a month ban, like straight away. Just... If they can prove that you, that you said that, straight yep. away. Right. There are people that broke the rule many times and they get a uh, year ban, two-year ban, three-year ban. And there's even one player, Kurt, one of the biggest players ever in the, in the scene, who got a lifelong ban. Wow. Because he spit on what? So he was one of the pro players of EA. Uh, he he just went to tournaments, but he never signed to a club, and he was just mad at the game. And he's been like building a community that is like you know that you see them as the pitchfork guys yeah, that are just yeah, like yeah, very toxic, very uh... die EA, yeah, die yeah, yeah, EA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, one day he was on stream. He picked one of the of the of the of the scarves that he got from EA, and he spit on it. And he said like some bad words about like some of the workers that he ate, and he got banned for the rest of his life. Uh, so he cannot even play the game right now. He cannot he cannot stream it because he would just make a new account and stream. And they attacked his Twitch channel. His Twitch Twitch channel got down for a certain time. So they were trying to block him on every single part. He cannot wow. upload any content. So they are very very strict on it. Cool. It even goes that far that people don't dare to speak up again when there's something bad happening because they are afraid of TOS. Right, but that's that's what I mean. Like where, because Riot, like somebody was saying, oh, since when is Riot? Uh, well, Riot is very uh, active on it, but they are not dictatory on it. So that's the reason that the alien thinks that Riot doesn't do anything about toxicity. But like you just said, and sorry that I interrupted you, is that sometimes they get so extreme against uh like banning people for just speaking out on the company which is not a reason to be banned i feel because that's not the toxicity that needs to be banned the toxicity is in between player uh, in players and during matches and etc um don't you feel that that's maybe going too far or where do we draw the line here so i remember one case where uh, i don't know if you know the sheiks uh some sort of like eastern uh, spiritual um, I don't want to disrespect them in any way, but like they are like, it's not a sect. It's like a group of people that believe in one thing. It's chic, chic. All right. And they, they were one of those two bands. Oh, uh, is they, that in India? It's it's some part of India, I think. Okay. But th there's, a, there's a big community in the UK and uh, they cannot show their hair. Their right. hair is sacred. So you never see a, a chic's hair. 
All right. That's just how it goes. All right. Okay. And uh, they were just in it. It was just a groups chat with like 20, 25 of the best FIFA pros in the world. And one of them said like, uh, uh, what was it again? Oh, if you don't shut up, I'm going to cut your hair off. But yeah. again, it's, it's one of the most like sacred right. things that that person has so he replied and he was like if you're not gonna shut up i'm gonna i'm gonna kill you that's right. basically what he said and um so the first thing can be seen as racist yes and the second the second part can be seen as toxic right the first guy got a three-month ban the second one got a two weeks ban right so even the guy that was racially abused in his opinion and they acted like it because they banned the guy for three months right even he got a ban for replying to it, right? Which is, which is, I think, a good thing. But what do you think about that? I think it's a, it's a good and a bad thing because we've seen the same thing in football right now. There was a, a, a player of Slavia Prague who racially abused a black guy uh, from Rangers during a Europa League game, and afterwards he he was like he wanted to be aggressive. He 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 pushed him a few times because he was like. I don't know what he said, probably the N-word a few times and, and all that kind of stuff. Right. Or like something with monkeys and bananas, something like that. And something that kind horrible. of So it's horrible, horrible stuff. And he was just throwing that on the football pitch. Just the ref hear, uh, heard it. He wrote it down. The right. one guy got 10 months ban. Right. The one that was racially abusing. And the guy that pushed <laughs> got, a, got a ban too for like 10 weeks, I think, or like right. 10 games. Yeah. But if you think about it, he's being racially abused and he's been racially abused for like, I'm not going to say his whole life, but me knowing as somebody that has Moroccan descent, I, I'm being, um, am I going to say, it, it's not something that happens on the daily, but it happens a lot of the times. The things right. I have to hear, hear, the things I have to see, the things that people don't dare to say to me in my face. Um, even me, somebody that, if I can say correctly, I'm fully integrated into the community. Right, right, right. Yeah. In, 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 in the Belgian community then, uh, or in the West West Flemish community, All right. uh, I, can, I can speak perfect like West Flemish. Um, <laughs> Whilst I hope that I never have to use that, but still. <laughs> um, and yet people will find something to try and diversify you and be like, oh, you're not one of us. Yeah. Um, and if you're being like um, exposed to that the whole time, and then you come on a certain pitch where the week before they are saying, say no to racism, say no to racism, we right. take a stand. And then you see that happening during the game the week after. You'll be like, you know what? This is too much. Right. And to be banned for doing that, he's he can't work for ten weeks right now. The problem is, I think, is uh, where do you draw the line? So he's responding to something that offends him, but I think maybe if you go watch it uh, on a, imagine somebody says, "Hey, your mother is uh, a very questionable uh, kind of job." <laughs> Um, uh, the other guy, maybe his mom, I don't know, is sick or ill or dead or whatever, and he will take it as, as much as an offense as somebody would take it to word like racism or, or, exactly. or anything else. Um, like, do we, do we also give him only 10 weeks ban? Because, you know, you got to analyze too much. And I think that if you kind of set out rules that everybody gets punished, it's it's easier of course speaking out against the company like we told about speaking out against ea and then getting banned for that i don't think that's 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 the good thing i'm i'm 
normally i never do this but i think we need to take a little break because i need to go to the <laughs> toilet i'm very sorry Wait. about that so uh if anybody needs to go to the toilet now is the moment i'll be gone for like two minutes and if you have a if you, if you need to go to the toilet as well mr dory now is your time i'm all, all right. good guys you can still pump some chat in the chat some questions that are might be coming later on there you go i'll uh, put the back in i'll put the back in uh, a few minutes screen on but you can still put uh questions in the chat i will be muting uh everybody uh myself included but i will be uh we will be coming back in two minutes all right see you in a few minutes okay. All right, and we are back. Sorry about that. There we go. I think everybody's back. Um, who got some questions, right? Um, what do you think about the fact that people say gaming is their life? Do you think gaming makes you a happier person? And are you more, are you a more positive person while gaming? Um, it's a very broad question. It's a very broad question. I find that too. Um, what I think a, a good question would be is, do you think uh, gaming can improve someone's life, can improve someone's skills or life skills? I think that's that's maybe a more uh, a more specific question to uh, to what you uh, to to your to your knowledge as well, because you're a coach and an analyst. Um, well, uh, for me, it helped me. First of all, uh, or, or maybe I can I can maybe relate it better. There's a good friend of mine, um, a Dutch pro, and uh, let's say he wasn't the best of students. All he right. just skipped every single class that he had. He never did anything with his life besides smoking some uh, some drug and uh, yeah, doing all kinds of stuff that actually he shouldn't be doing at the time. Um, and let's just say that he's not the smartest of guys but he found gaming to be one of the places where he could be himself. And for somebody that doesn't speak any other languages besides Dutch, he actually speaks in English right now, which is actually pretty good because everybody understands what he's saying. He yeah. would have never, never in his life got to speak English. He would always just stay in the Dutch, like little bit of thing. Yeah, right. Um, 
Same thing with other people who wouldn't know how to handle, say for example, if you're a YouTuber, so you're a gamer, you, you want to start YouTube, you look in CPM, what are ads? How can I marketing myself? How can I market myself? It's like all life skills because in the end, you're trying to do something with the gaming. If you're just sitting at home and you're gaming without talking to anybody and just play by yourself, then I would understand that you say like gaming is a waste of time. That's right. If you make if you make friends because of it, if you start a new hobby because of it, if you dare to speak on camera because of it, if you need le learn a new language or learn something historical about it, it's not wasted. You do something with it and it shouldn't dominate your life. Um, like if it's your work and if it's your thing, sure, that's your work, but you need to find somebody, something next to it, uh, something that can diversify or get your mind off of it. Maybe even in the same space, you could still be talking about gaming, but then something that is not competitively minded or not minded to, towards YouTube or something. So I think, yes, it can make you a happier person because some people have trouble expressing themselves and they find people online, which they wouldn't have found if it weren't for gaming, that think the same way, that feel the same way. So I think it can make you a happier person 100%. And um, you can be more positive because you game. But there's also like the the flip side. Some people just are very bad at losing, and they they get a lot of trouble because of gaming, and it's an addiction because it is, and it still remains something that could be an addiction for a lot of people, and it is an addiction to a lot of people. Right. So uh, I think there's there's two sides of it really. Um, but uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of things that we can learn from gaming in general. Um, I learned so many new people. I learned to speak for whole groups. I learned to, to speak on television. My French improved hugely. My English improved. My German and my other languages improved just because I, I've been working with people from those areas. I've been talking to those guys. Um, also, just in general, talking on television, learning how to present something, learning how to do marketing, learning how to run a social media post, learning how to lure people. Lure is maybe a bad word, but get people in uh, to, to see what you're doing. I've learned how to use Photoshop and edit videos. I wouldn't have done that if it weren't for gaming. Right. It, it, it's it's a gateway to uh, to many other things. That's that's completely correct. Uh, we were talking about um, competitive, uh, you know, competitive gaming. Uh, now that there are a lot of companies getting into competitive gaming, and also many of them seem to know very little about what they're getting into. What do you feel? Um, it's kind of the same question, but what do you feel companies should know before they get into competitive gaming? And also, I've got a follow-up question on that. That kind of, you know, it's kind of the same question. How do you explain esports to people that say it's nothing like real sports and what, what the hell is esports anyway? So first of all, to get on the first part, if a company wants to invest in esports or in competitive gaming in general, get an expert. Right. Get somebody that knows what they're talking about. Get somebody that is in the scene. Get somebody that uh, has been doing this for other companies. Don't just if if you're just gonna try it, you're usually gonna spend money on things that you shouldn't spend money on. It's a learning curve, 100. But you can take that learning curve by working together with a company like Kaiser, like Strive Cloud. They can help you with those kind of things just to get a little bridge. But in general, it's the truth. They can help you and be like, you know, we tried all this already. It didn't work. Maybe you should try this. This is a strategy that we have for you. And right. you'll learn you learn from those mistakes that others might have made. So I think that's an important one to, to take in mind for a company. To not just spend your money blindly on it because it, it could be a, a, a hole in your wallet. Right. Yeah. Um, and then talking about like uh, the 
What was the second one again? Second question is, um, what what do you say to people that don't view esports as a real sport? Well, no, it's for for me, it's not a real sport, but it's a full time job. Right. Uh, it's a, it's a job, and I don't necessarily see it as a sport, but it has all the correct characteristics of a sport. One, you can only do it for a limited time. Right. Say for same like a pilot. A pilot for me is also like practicing a sport. Their eyes are getting worse and worse every single day because they keep like having the pressure of the cabins with the, with the, the, the eye tests to see clearly when they fly in. Uh, all those kind of things are like, it's not healthy for your body necessarily. Same as like somebody that uh, Usain Bolt when he's running. It's not necessarily healthy for his no. body to do that. Same with footballers. Same with esports players. They are sitting behind screens so many hours. They are focusing and building their muscles to have muscle memory Uh, somebody that plays starcraft or somebody that plays dota they'll be so muscle like it, it will be so like built into their system to hit those keys so fast and so good that they, if you're going to ask them to play another game which needs different reflexes they'll have a lot of issues with that in my opinion at least That's right. so i think you change your body you change your mentality you change your structure of life to and teacher it to something you're working for So if you don't accept it as a sport, I'm fine with that because in the end you can accept whatever you want. But if you don't accept it as a job, that that's then you're just being ignorant. Uh, right. That's that's usually how I explain it. Like, um, if you're being uh, somebody that is really good on a saxophone, yeah, people want to pay you to do that. Is it then a job or is it then just a hobby? Right. And most people will say that it becomes a job if people want to pay you for it. It can be a hobby, but if they want to pay you like a full-time job on it, then it's a job. It's a job, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is the same thing in gaming. And then they're going to ask like, how do they gain money from it? Well, if you watch somebody that plays the sax, if they are playing the sax and uh, on a live concert, people pay to see that. Yeah. What happens in gaming, people won't pay necessarily, but they pay by watching adver adver ad ads and advertising. Um, so in that way, they pay. Um, so in the end... It all comes down to the same thing. If you can make your job into your hobby, it's always like a tricky one. People are not always supportive of, of that. I know a lot of people that are like artists of, or graphical artists or like strip drawers, people that are in the music industry. And they all say kind of the same thing. My parents were like, no, just do something like more safe and more secure. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the people just say that. But in the end, they just do what they enjoy. And in the end, they're just going to fall into that either way. So they might as well try when they are young, when they can have like security backup, rather than just when they are a little bit older and they feel like I've wasted so many times, I should have done this way earlier. Exactly. Uh, Nazar Kebab says, I actually played the saxophone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you for uh, for for your input, <laughs> Nazar Kebab. <laughs> um, I hoped it would make me look as sexy as the instrument. It failed. <laughs> okay. No, he's looking even better right now. He's so. looking better. He's looking better. Um, there's a popular frustration online, and there's also rumors uh, that FIFA games are supposed to be scripted. For example, my German Division 2 team could suck while playing against competitors, uh, but the players suddenly shine like gods when they're playing against uh, Bayern München. Uh, what are your thoughts about that? I think you kind of know that I've not written this question myself because I have yes. no idea what I'm saying. <laughs> yes, I, I could tell. Uh, it's, it's simple. It's simple. It's like what I explained already. It's basically, imagine you're playing with Anderlecht and you're playing against Real Madrid. Yeah. The moment you are the players that control Anderlecht, uh, you're the player that controls Anderlecht, there is an 
I'm, I'm convinced of it. I'm 100% convinced of it. There, there is some way to get people hooked to the game and get people to win, although they are not the best player of the two. Yeah, um, it's a bit like what they do in the marketing too, and they will just say that it's not true. Um, but yeah, um, hard to believe. Fortnite does that as well. Um, hey, what's up, Black Angels Three? Um, uh, Fortnite does that as well. They will put you in lobbies of ninety-nine bots for your first twenty games or something, so that you can get that taste of the victory royale. Um, but EA as because uh, I kind of you know I I I did some research though. EA has debunked the theory uh, of of getting getting stat boosts and stuff. Uh, how do yeah. you feel about that? Do you think it's it's they're lying, or do you think it's uh, maybe impressions, okay. or it's 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 a double layered one. First of all, people will say that they lost because of scripting, although it's not the case. All right. Uh, they're just gonna blame it on losing. They're just gonna blame losing on that, just pure for the fact because they are lo they lost and they cannot accept that they are not the best player in the world. And there's a lot of people that work that way. Like people me. will come to me. <laughs> people will come to me for coaching. They will ask for help and they'll be like, "Look, this is a game where I got completely rigged." And I will break down every single play. And afterwards, they say like, "Hmm." Fair enough. I didn't get rigged. Right. I just was. I just made the wrong decisions. And at that point, so all the yelling online, like ninety percent of that is just people that cannot accept that they're not good enough. But I do believe that there is some sort of way of helping a player that is in the game uh, scripting. So let's just put it like this: it's one-one in the ninetieth minute. Yeah. There is something that is called a ninety-minute cheese. <laughs> okay. So you go forward and your defense has been perfectly aligned. There hasn't been a single space in between the defenders the whole game. It's nil-nil, not 1-1, not it's nil-nil. Your opponent hasn't got a single shot on goal because your defending was impeccable. In the 90th minute, there could be a good chance that one of the defenders that you're not controlling is running randomly out of position. <laughs> yeah. That opens the space where an attacker runs into AI controlled, no no manual controlling whatsoever, and he scores. And there we have it. 90th minute cheese. Same thing in the 45th minute cheese. That's what they say. Or after a kickoff, you score, your opponent gets a kickoff. Your players feel like they're in the in the mud. They are like in 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 in, in sands. They are not moving quickly enough. They're not responding to it. And EA has been. Um, like the the lawyers actually has there have actually been lawyers on that there has been a lawsuit yeah uh, up until now EA could always like they're always asking like give me proof and nobody right. could prove there's no coding that that shows that um, but it, let let me just put it like this I've analyzed now how long is it three years where I've been analyzing gameplay yeah and there have been times where I just said like you couldn't have done anything better right. So you've seen actual proof, so to say, not proof, but you've seen you've seen um, uh, common common uh, things like forty-five minutes uh, cheese or, or or yeah. They even said it on streams. There was a tournament FIFA seventeen, and um, the guy German Megabit he won, and afterwards he just he just ran to the like they they asked and interviewed him, and he just was like, oh yeah, I got lucky. Scored in the 50, uh, 45th and ninetieth minute. We all know that if you have the ball in that last minute, that you get an extra chance. Right. And then the, the presenter was like, oh shit, we cannot say this on yeah. stream. So he was like, yeah, but is it actually that, or is it more your skill? And he's like, no, no, one hundred percent. I passed somewhere else, and the ball went to that side. All the air control, I did nothing. 
So did they get a, a one-year ban from EA? Is the question? <laughs> no, they no, they didn't, they didn't. Because if they if they would have done that, that would have been a horrible like decision for the for the company. Very bad PR. Our our good friend Nazar Kebab is is of course here with a with another fantastic piece of input, uh, saying as long as it's cheese from the buffet, I'm fine with it. Um, you're more than you're more than welcome to come and join me tonight uh, at the buffet. Uh, the the, fa the famous buffet. Um, uh, a while ago, Belgium banned uh, the purchase of uh, food, so the the ultimate team points. What are your thoughts on that? I think we talked about it quite a lot, but how do you think it impacted food for you? Well, the Belgian landscape changed because the pro players they just made accounts in different regions. Right. Right. Because you need it. You need the coins. You need the points to get a good team. If you don't have it, you cannot be competitive. So all the pros that are in Belgium right now, what they did was basically make a French or a Dutch account and then put points on again. Right. Because um, if you don't do that, you're just in a disadvantage. So it would be stupid. In one way, it's good because it cuts EA from the, the earnings from microtransactions. And as I said, that's the one billion dollar that one and a half yeah. billion dollar that they made this year that comes just from the set of those FIFA points. Nothing they, else. They made enough. <laughs> so I think we, we talked extensively about it anyway, but do you feel that it's a good thing or that it's a bad thing? Should it be worldwide or not? That's actually I think it's, the... it's a it's a good thing that it's banned. Right. It should be it, but it should be a worldwide thing right. because now you're just putting Belgium in a disadvantage, which is not fair. Exactly. If you do it for the whole world, then issue is solved and it doesn't have to go honestly fifa points don't have to go the only thing for me is that the competitive structure has to change so people don't have to buy fifa points to be a competitive player right. and that would be already a huge change so what they do now is whenever you come to an event say for example we were in paris we don't play with our own accounts ea give us accounts with every single player on there all right yeah so, you have to qualify with a team that you bought yourself. The moment yeah. you qualify, you come there and everybody has the same account. Right. Like, why not give us those account or like to those Unlux accounts? Just when, give like, everybody. Qualify? Right. Just give everybody or just give everybody the, the full game maybe when you buy it. <laughs> yeah, that's not possible because in the end, they then they won't sell FIFA points anymore. That's so right. So what, what I suggest is like, get to that 27 when you're verified and then it opens up a new game mode right. where all the players are unlocked. Or... And then, they, the if, they, if they still want to make billions which they already are of course with the sales of fifa alone they can still go for and i'm sure it will it would sell because look at fortnite and any other game that sells skins and and cosmetic things exactly give uh, give players different shoes say for example you want to change mbappe's hair to the blue version that he had it, fair it will sell exactly they do that right now they make like new cards so say for example uh kevin de bruyne he had an amazing champions league quarterfinal he'll get a special card in Ultimate Team, a 94-rated Kevin De Bruyne Road to the Final Champions League card. Right. And it will be a little bit different. It will be a little bit stronger. And they might even change his shoes or like the way his hair is. They did it with Mbappe too. He right. had like one time when he had like blue hair. So they made the the card blue. What? Yeah. Uh, but those cards are like so expensive and you just see that people love the cosmetic part about it. Yeah. So if they just change it and make it purely cosmetic, well... Right, exactly. Uh, Amdagi asks if uh, you think the football packs are gamble, but I think the definition yes. of a football pack is, of course, gambling. So I think that the the question answers itself by just you know the description of the football pack. 
yes, it's gambling because you can open it and you can get the best player in the world or you can get the worst player in the right. world. So even if there is like a, some sort of like a bracket where you can get in between, it's still random. And right. oh no, it's not necessarily random. It's more like there is still a chance that you pick it, but it's just like, uh, I don't, I'm not a big fan uh, of uh, FIFA packs in general. Right. Um, then I've, I've got a few uh, easy questions just to ease out of the out of the podcast. I'm um, um, Dougie. We actually just uh, we just just answered your question if it should be banned or not. Uh, that was literally what we just. So I think if you go back in the VOD uh, like a, a couple of minutes, you will uh, you will get the answer to that question. What's your favorite team or player to play with on FIFA? Just to ease out a little bit of the of the heavy subjects we just uh, talked about. Uh, honestly, I don't play much FIFA like next to what I have to. So if I have to play, pick a player right now, it will be somebody that is agile, that is quick, whether that's Neymar or Mares or uh, even Rashford. Somebody that can move quickly, that can do skills. Right. Um, like Yusuf Atal right now is one of my maybe favorite cards, which I was lucky enough to pack because he's in very expensive. Wow. Um, in the game, although probably you won't even know who he is <laughs> so never heard of him but i'm i'm not a football well i'm not a soccer you know if, fan if, so. if i say neymar you would know neymar who he is, right? i know who it is yeah of exactly course. like atal is just a, a guy in the french league he's not even the best or anything All it's right. just that that's what it, that is what ea actually does they make the cards like such an increase uh to the point that he's like on the same level as a neymar or like mbappe right uh and that's how they sell even more points during the year because they make promotions all the time, which like boost players. Is he in real life as well, or do, you don't? No, he's he's not that good. He's a defender. He's yeah. like a right defender. And what they did right now is they made like it's called a foot birthday promo, and they give people like a different position than they, what they usually play in. Oh. And they they made him a right forward with right. like crazy good stats. So it makes and no sense. He's like two. He's like one and a half. Oh no, he's like about one million right now. Wow! And his normal card would be like seven hundred coins. So like, the, it's it's it makes not no much. sense. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. makes no sense. But it makes sense. Some in some way, it makes sense because they just want something new, right. something fresh. So people spend points again and spend money on the game again to pack those players. So but it's not it's realistic. Smart. It's not realistic. It's not real. No, not right. at all. Not right. at all. Um, what do you feel are the biggest teams in the FIFA competitive team uh, teams currently? So, um, and what are they doing differently than others? Is there like one team that is better than the others, or not? Really? I think there's a few. You've got Team Hullet, um, owned by Root Hullet, or like co-owned by Root Hullet, the footballer. Okay. Uh, um, they are actually um, a talent. Yeah, more of a talent organization. They get young players that are pretty good, that are very good, and they make him like the best in the world. Right. They have some good coaches. They have some good like uh, partners that work together. I think they are partnered with Red Bull um, and Elgato. So they have like good partners next to them. Um, but they also just like know how to work in a marketing kind of way. Uh, they work with a, with a big IT company that is very data-driven. So... They just have like every bit of the spectrum. They have a good marketing, they have good partners, they have money to invest in, and they have like data-driven IT companies with good coaches next to them. So yeah. they just have the perfect formula to flourish in an esports scene with young players that are not costing much for them to sign. But afterwards, some of them are European champion right now. He's back-to-back -back European champion in his very first year of competing. Um, so it just shows that 
it's possible for everybody to become a pro once again. Right. Like I said. <laughs> um, and on the other hand, I would say maybe Guild Esports, which is owned by David co-owned by David Beckham. Oh wow! Uh, okay. But they are not only in FIFA; they are like in Valorant, FIFA, uh, Rocket League, okay. Fortnite. They sign some of the best in the world, like in every single branch. And the fun part about Guild is that they are they recently started up. It's a, it's a very recent startup. Um, I think in August cool. of September, and right now they are just bossing in every single game that they invest in. Um, what do you feel so- um, is it that makes them so good? Since they you you tell that you say that they they just recently started and they're bossing everything, but what makes them different from the other teams then? So for them, it's pretty it's 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 not that simple. It's it's a bit harder to explain, but they have David Beckham as a marketing perspective behind him, right? So it will attract good players. Exactly. Good players, but also fans. Right. Then the the second part is with the fans, you make sure that they have decent merch to buy. Mm -hmm. So you have another stream of income. Yeah. So you can invest that back into coaches, into... They they have an enormous set amount of money that they uh, acquired through the first sales, like through the pre-sales. when they were gonna launch, they asked like investors to invest in the in in the company and everything. So they gained like a shit ton of money. Uh, and with that money, they acquired some of the biggest like strategists in the in the esports scene. People that set up the COD League, the Overwatch League. They are now working only on Guild esports. Wow. So what they did is they work with the pillars of we need content creators, we need merchandise, we need professional players, and we need some sort of like a talent acquisition and a talent uh, community. Right. Uh, the, the last part they are still setting up. Um, the others are already there, and you just see that with like showing from we come in and we're not here to play around. We're signing the best rosters that are possible straight away. Right. You just give like an idea of we're here to boss it all, and the good players. Um, let's say in Fortnite, for example, they didn't start with Fortnite. They started with FIFA and with Rocket League. Yeah. And then, then Fortnite came in, and people just knew like. Look what they've done in FIFA. Look what they've done in Rocket League. They're going to do the same thing in Fortnite. So the big guys knew already, like, just watch out. We might get an offer from Guild. They get that offer. They sign. And then that gives them an idea from the Valorant players, like, okay, we might get approached here too. So we got to get ready. And people already knew that they were coming in hot and they were just going to take the biggest, like, rosters and biggest talents away, mm-hmm. uh, which they did now. And all comes down to, at first, people thought it was like a, a, a bubble. That was going to pop because they were just investing so much money signing the best players but there was no real revenue income mm-hmm. but it was that well prepared and built up that they knew what they could do and they, they knew they could fail like for one or two years and they still have enough money to go through to year three four five to to gain money there so i think it has to do with good knowledge about the scene but right. also good knowledge about financial and marketing once again knowing how to market your company and right now like i said i think in three weeks time they boomed on social media skyrocketed it yeah they have like 45k followers already on, on twitter right now i think which That's is actually insane to think about it pretty insane yeah yeah especially because twitter is still not the biggest platform one would say uh where people are active on especially with with, um you know a little bit more older people i think a lot of younger people and gamers are very active on twitter i've only recently become active on twitter because i started streaming before that i was never on twitter um so that's i'm the twitter guy i'm I'm not 
I'm the Twitter guy. I'm not that much on Instagram or, or the other socials. I'm like really focused on Twitter because I feel in the FIFA scene that it is very based on Twitter. Right. Um, but just, just in general, they, they, if you think about it, they build their community with 40,000 people in less than a year. Yeah. What, what are they going to do in a few years? Right. How is it going to look? So uh, that was a very interesting one. They also came to me to sign me up. <laughs> um, but that didn't go through. All right. Um, any reason or, or yeah, they, they wanted, they, no i am allowed they, they just wanted me to move to the uk and i was just i couldn't do that at the not time possible yet yeah. the, the offer was brilliant they gave me good money they gave me good uh like everything around it was very good well entourage but at the time i wasn't sure if the company was actually gonna boom yeah or not i, I saw all the plans and i saw all the financial things they, they showed me everything and it looked good but like who am i to judge if that's gonna work or not and right. now they just show that they are ready so yeah that's that's personal but things that, that you have to consider take into consideration right because it could have go it could have gone bad and then there you are somewhere in i don't know where birmingham or something uh <laughs> just you know hold up in uh in, in it was in london it was in london london is good but uh you it's know expensive. You, it's very expensive <laughs> it's very expensive um another I, I i got a couple of questions to ease out to to the game because we have a little game uh, after this um a lot of professional players, professional football players, are not picking up FIFA as well to play that in their, in their spare time. Have you ever worked or played with any famous players that the viewers yes. might know? I will probably not know them because I I'm totally like Neymar and Kevin De Bruyne. That's that's it for <laughs> me. And then Eden Hazard. I got Thibaut those. Courtois. Yeah, Does that, that ring a bell? Absolutely not. But maybe chat is is Thibaut Courtois is a goalkeeper. Oh, Thibaut Courtois. Natural. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know that he's, guy. He, he's he's a big gamer too um so that's one of the guys that i haven't like directly played with him but it was like more community game cool um but i have players that play in the premier league um the english first division uh, west ham united as i saw by i have people that play in the mls which is the american league people that play the champions league quarterfinals i see people that i talk to like somebody at manchester united uh, manchester city right now he's in the semi-final of the champions league and three wow. days before that he was playing with me wow uh, same with Chelsea players, Mason Mount, which is a young player, footballer. We were playing Call of Duty, and the day after he had to travel the world to go to, I don't know where to play a game. And I yeah. was like, okay, That's like insane. it's 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 insane to think about it. Also, I don't know if you're like one of the guys that watch like the Geordie Shore and the Jersey Shore kind of types. I know, I know it, but I've never really watched it. There's one of the guys that came to me for coaching too. Cool. Uh, who has like 2.2 million followers on Twitter? Wow, what's his name? <laughs> Gaz. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I know, I know who that is. That's a pretty well, uh, famous uh, person in in. Uh, I think it was Jordy Shore, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and what what are the most famous players you coached? Uh, like, are, are there any that that you that that you thought like FIFA players or like football players? FIFA or football players? What, well, what do you so feel? If Gaz was one of them, and all the football players that I just named, I also coached them. So next to just playing with them, I also like helped them and just see what they can do if they stream cool. uh, but uh, if it's about FIFA players it'd probably be Niklas Razek who is at Guild right now I helped him with the champ e Champions League wow. which was like a tournament for $100,000 wow um, okay that's a lot of got, money yeah. he got third in that one cool. so that was not bad uh, I helped a former world champion huge gorilla Spencer Ealing uh, preparing for the playoffs in FIFA 19 was that I think right. who is now at Neo which is not that known if you're looking outside of FIFA um and then yeah just players from football clubs really uh all over the world whether that's in america whether that's in 
uh, Australia, even Asia. I have players from Korea that send me messages to know how to improve, how to like there, there's just too many but if you're really into the fifa scene people would would know them but it's not worth naming them if if they haven't like real trophies or something behind the name <laughs> right nicholas and, and spencer are maybe the the only two that people might know uh, the most famous ones wastefulness all right um what do you think we uh what do you say we start up uh we start up uh the aim trainer um if you could uh go in there i think they they told me to choose uh Counter-Strikes uh, or something, uh, so I think you need to select like CSGO and then let me just check if I can see that. Um, what do we, what should we do? Because there's multiple games in there. You've already set it up so I can actually transition to it. Let me, uh, let me transition to it. So what we do is, uh, this is a new thing we're going to do on the podcast, is that at the end, so for the people that are listening, this might not be very interesting, but for the people that are watching, um, we're going to make <laughs> the guests play a round of quick play on the 3D Aim Trainer, which is an app on which you can aim your, uh, aim, well, uh, train your aim is uh, what I was going to say. And uh, we're going to, tally up all the scores at the end and see who ends up as the best uh gamer i think a, t a tile frenzy would would be the best thing because that's like the the classic uh aim uh thing put it in easy and just play it in the browser it's fine you you'll you'll see that I, i'm a console gamer i'm not a <laughs> i'm not a pc gamer. like i <laughs> said right. i've just i just picked up a uh valorant i just started playing it so i'm definitely not good at it i feel like but, we're uh, gonna we're gonna we're gonna see some uh some valorant uh pro shots in there all right so it's no, definitely <laughs> it's starting the game go full screen and i think if and you shoot to start see see if the 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 thing is good yeah and wait then... i'm just ch checking my dpi and that should right. be the dpi that i use all right here we go <clears throat> this is the first time i play a shooter on i play a shooter on stream you're not doing bad. I think you're doing good. There he goes. The accuracy is pretty good. Pretty good. I I, I see uh, small bursts. Nice. Two seconds left. Nice. There we go. All right. Uh, a 92. score of 93 in the top 38%, an accuracy of 94%. That is pretty <laughs> pretty good for somebody that just said, like, oh, I just play it casually. Uh, all right, let me note that down. Uh, you're the f actually the first person that entered this uh, because the last the last few podcasts we have not done that. Um, so I'm happy. That automatically <laughs> puts you on number um, spot number one at the moment. <laughs> so victory Mr. Dory, if it's a victory royale, right? Uh, we're gonna put the score of 93. I'm gonna note down the rest as well. 94 ac accuracy, just in case there needs to be a tiebreaker. Five percent undershoot. I don't know what that means, but I'm sure the people can uh, can. Um, um, I think it's because think yeah. It's 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 if you shoot under the the uh, the. The, 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 under the, the target you wait, under the target and then overshoot is above it i think because if you count everything together it's 100 percent. so right that looks like the sounds sounds uh sounds uh legit uh let me put that right there so congratulations you're 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 number one at the moment uh go, but it won't it won't take long it's, it's good that i'm the first one because now nobody can compare me to somebody <laughs> else <laughs> and after the first one that comes on it will be only once it's not like 
oh look <laughs> so i'm happy it's all good <laughs> all right aimed so i'm gonna you're actually i'm actually even have to make uh the thing uh aim trainer ranking there we go um uh guys if you want to test out this uh piece of software it's actually pretty fun to uh to test your your aim uh and also to test your reflexes even if you're not a shooter player i think it can still kind of trigger that thing in your brain where you have to react really quickly uh let's go back to the podcast scene real quickly because um we are at the end of the podcast guys uh we talked for a solid two hours and 46 minutes um i i hope you guys all enjoyed it mr dory where can people find you where where do they need to follow you where do they need to click you all around so um, most of all you'll see me on twitter um um yeah basically twitter instagram i have an instagram account i don't post too much uh, what i do post is what you've been asking is footballers their teams i post them on social media so people can see that right um then on TikTok, I post from time to time some just clips and little bits of uh, trying to be funny, but not really being funny. Those are uh, the best ones. That's what I do you- all the time. <laughs> on YouTube, I have some videos, but it's not something that I do consistently. It's something that I might need to grow into still right. a little bit more. They are very amateuristic in my opinion, but it's something that I enjoy doing from time to time and learns me a little bit of new skills. And basically on my website, all the links are on there. So if you just go to mrdory.com, you'll find basically everything you can join the discord you can join the streams um all the links will be on there uh bad icon text on tiktok exactly jordi is one of the loyal viewers so that's why uh, <laughs> he knows about that um so yeah it's uh, it's a bit of everything you can always follow me on social media it's all separate mr dory sometimes it's underscore mr dory um and they are all separate from personal ones just to give you like the full gaming experience on there Awesome. So people, uh, go to MrDory.com if you want to be uh, coached by Mr. Dory himself. Uh, everything is on there. You can go to his Twitter as well. I think it's Twitter.com slash, and that's the one uh, with the underscore, underscore Mr. Dory. Yeah. Uh, I think you, I believe you're on Instagram as well. Uh, anyway, go to MrDory.com. The website is written underneath uh, Mr. Dory himself. Uh, I am going to post the link right now in chat so that people can just click on it because people are lazy. That's okay. I'm lazy too that's fine just click on it uh so go click on it go follow him everywhere you uh would like i was dickus you can always find me in at kaiser of course uh but also at twitch.tv slash dickus or dickus um whatever you want it's all good i'll i i even have a special command for that look at that um anyway <laughs> <laughs> guys uh thank you so much for listening um mr dory now has the time is the time to raid someone is there anybody that you want to raid or shall we just go i don't know to a category a fifa player maybe that has like one viewer that we can completely surprise uh or is there a, a f- one of your friends online there's quite a few friends online right now um right. but i wouldn't necessarily suggest to watch fifa only if you want your brain to be melted <laughs> uh, i like brain melts from- Okay, if you if if you if you really want to see somebody play FIFA, then I can give you some. But it might be even funnier to go to somebody who's been working closely with Kaiser. Perfect. And you all know you know who, who it's gonna be, right? Let me know. Let some me know. Uh, yeah, William? Just a Buva. Yeah, just a Buva. You think so? Because I've raided him twice twice already, and in, uh, in the last few days. So if you want, if you want, because guys, I will. The it's very 
possible that I will be on William Booth's stream in a couple of minutes. So <laughs> if you if you're completely tired of my voice, uh, well, is there any of your friends that we could that we yeah, can this, make? It, we, we can we can go to this like Dutch pros right now um, and some Spanish even uh, yeah. have a, have a bit of everything. But uh, what I'm gonna do is pro probably go to Dilden, um, who's like oceanic champion. Oh, I just close to Kaiser stream. That's not good. Um, I just put, I'm just gonna post his ad in. Uh, yeah, just just post the post the ad. Okay, D W underscore Dylan. He's a player for Dire Dire Wolves. He has around what is it now forty eight viewers right now. Okay, he's FIFA. Great. A bit competitively, he's a great guy. He's been solid. Comes into my stream all the time. Um, so yeah, I just want to give him something back. But there's quite awesome. a few guys online right now. Awesome. So, guys, uh, if you want to earn uh, 250 channel points and go check out uh, WD, uh, uh, w, DW, wow, DW Dylan, uh, Mr. Dory's friend, uh, let's go raid. Uh, thank you, everyone, for watching. I was Dickus Feke. He was Mr. Dory. I thank you very much, uh, Mr. Dory, for uh, being our guest and talking with me for three hours. I feel like we could have talked for three more, but... Um, <laughs> There, there has to be an end uh, at everything, and and this is uh, this is the one uh, for this podcast. Thank you, everyone, and see you next time. Bye.